Hey, this is Russ Braun, uh, artist of Six Pack and Dog Welder. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> That was sufficient. Sufficient, because that's we aim high. That's good. We're, cra- we're cracked magazine. That's that's great. Yeah, so we're, we're number two because we don't try as hard. Uh, we get by. You can call us number two, but we're not. We're not. No. I am behind no Well, you know, we like them to eleven. Anyway, but the uh, <laughs> there's a little stonehenge. There it goes. Don't triple. Uh, Try not to trip over the Stonehenge. Dude, it is raining like cats and dogs here. It's crazy. We got tornadoes in Pennsylvania. Do you? Yeah. yeah. That, 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 we have a tornado watch until midnight. Christ. It took us an hour to get home because every road I fucking took had, had trees and, and patrol cars blocking every intersection. It was just, it was stupid and um, crazy loud thunder also like right on top of the house and luckily everything's fine but it's just it was it was horrendous this evening yeah we had lightning strikes that looked like they were traveling horizontally across the 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 skyscape and i was hoping as it lit up to see a giant silhouette of cthulhu but unfortunately i didn't (laughs) would have been awesome yep (sighs) Finally, come to meet out some some justice, but it is not to be. But we will this... be meeting. We will be meeting out some fun <laughs> this week. Meat's a good word because it doesn't sound like the way it's spelled. It sounds like meat. So we're going to have meat, but we're not. We're meeting something out, and, and we're meeting out this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics because we're giddy with the con. This is Eleven O'clock Comics episode five hundred and sixty-six, and I am Damn. yes, and I'm Vince B buddies oh you are vince b and i cannot wait for tomorrow night i am david a price indeed you are and i'm everyone's favorite underworlder i am neron Ooh, you're not neron <laughs> nope you're jason wood we like you a lot more than neron neron's kind of dope though we especially should especially in t-tights go yeah okay but you're not you're jason wood like i said what hey, we're all here together, and uh, just a word of uh, apology for last week's episode because our audio was screwed up. If you were our first-time listener and you thought that episode was the way it always sounds, it, it doesn't. So, Well, think of it this way. If they were a first-time listener, they're probably not listening to this. Right, because of Uzumaki. We curled their toes, as we should, but um, the Skype was being a bitch, as it usually is, and it struck David, it struck Jason, and it struck me, but unfortunately, I did not notice it, and my uh, onboard mic in my MacBook was all that was there to uh, record my part of the audio, so it sounded like um, poop, and hopefully, we have uh, all that stuff ironed out. We're all gun-shy now. We check it like crazy. And this episode probably will sound more towards what it normally sounds like, which is amazing. There you go. Super. Yes. Damn Skippy Bippy. It's true. And you know where you can get amazing super and damn Skippy Bippy discounts on your favorite funny books and collectibles? 
don't all answer at once. It's Discount Comic Book Where? Service. That was going to be my guess. Yes, DCBService.com oh. can get you the books you want at a price that you're more than willing to pay because the discounts are ridiculously low. Unfortunately, the list of specials has not been posted yet. There's a little bit of turmoil going on in this transition from where they were to where they going to be. So um, the list of specials are not up, but rest assured, when they are put up, they will be both deep and plentiful. Lots of discounts, lots of money off. There's only one place to go for your books, dcbservice.com. They are the best. They are. And by the way, I don't remember if we gave Christina props for her new gig. Did we? What's her new gig? She is the new president of the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. Get out of here. How much yes, work I we does did. she... I, I, I... <laughs> I don't have Do enough Do you know work. who she's replacing? Um, Frank Miller. Larry Martyr. <laughs> yes, you're right. Larry Martyr. Who's just retired, and she is replacing him. Aww. Christina doesn't have enough work to do. She's like, oh, please, I know, right? give me more work. <laughs> Seriously. It's an overachiever for you. They just it's pretty cool, it. though. It is. It is. But, like, chillax. I uh, know. You've earned it. But, hey, who am I to say? Because I'm a procrastinator. I get nothing done. You get a lot done. Yeah. Whatever. You don't sure. get as much art done as I think we all would like you to get done, but you, you get a lot of other stuff done. I did put you one up it. recently. No, I know. I'm just saying I'd like you to be able to – I'd like every minute that you're not taking care of your kids or yeah. tending to us for you to be creating art. That me would make me too. happy. That wouldn't be a, a perfect existence, but uh, mm-hmm. it, um, hmm. we'll see. Hey, what are you drinking? <laughs> well, my friends, we're about to have a weekend of debauchery. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. I needs it. And it's going to be plenty of imbibation during that four-day, four-and-a-half, five-day period. Yes. So tonight I am drinking water. Ooh, I likes it. I love seltzer. Do you drink You drink seltzer, right? I, I drink seltzer like a boss. I'm not drinking seltzer right now, but I do drink seltzer like the boss. Seltzer produces the best burps, bar none. You want to burp and annoy people? Say, wait, come on. You don't burp at home? Who doesn't? Never. Get out of here. I terrify my kids with my burps. <laughs> they're, the, they're the best. Oh, no, I do. Like the dogs go, they freak out. But I'm glad you're drinking seltzer because then I don't feel Not bad. I mean water because I am drinking. You ready, Dap? Pepe Mac. No, but it's close. It's the Coke version of, of Pepe Mac. It's Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. So oh, it's, it's uh, I like Coke, that. Coke Zero. Yeah, it's tasty. It's not Pepsi tasty, but it's tasty. So, mm. Peppy is the best. Bring she, us up, Dap. Mm. Lift us up. Lift us up in your heart. Come on. Is he not hearing? I didn't hear anything. Oof. He I said, didn't hear anything after after Jason said something about his heart. Your heart. He said, "Lift us up." Yeah, I said, "Lift us up." What are you drinking? I, well, I will because, um, like I said, it's it's been quite an interesting evening. I am because we are going to um, enjoy ourselves quite a bit over the next few nights, uh, and because of my half of a shitty weekend, I didn't do what I usually do. I so starting a little early, and I am. 
enjoying some Murphy Good California Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, I do have two bottles of water next to me because I will be drinking those shortly. But I went with the Murphy Good because it's a twist top and I didn't want to open something new and then just shove the cork back in and let it sit for five days. So um, the twist top should help keep it fresh like while I'm away. So at least one of us is still participating in the drink roll call. Where was it ever stipulated that the drink roll call had to be an alcohol? It's true. We're drinking. It's just what we're drinking at the moment. It's true. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I, we, <laughs> he's we, not we, having we've it. Had this discussion. I could, drink, times, I could be drinking so in the sweet it's... ambrosia of life. Oh, now you're stretching it. I think you're going to be stretching it a lot this episode. If the discussion goes down the road, I think it's going to go. But you know, I, <laughs> I, I mean, it's. It saddens me that you've your once wildly creative imagination is no. closed up like a. I, I get it, my brother. like your prostate. It's I, it's I get it. I understand what he's trying to do. I'm just not down with it. But we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Do we don't have any thank yous? Do we? Uh, no, but I do have an APB. Uh, Shout out to Tomio. Yes, exactly. Tomio has been he's now this isn't the first time in the years we've known him that he's gone ghost on the socials, but usually he crops up pretty quickly in some other form. I haven't seen him on any of the socials, which I'm hoping doesn't mean he's disappeared and is no longer listening. So, Tomio, this is a shout out to you. If you are out there, uh, hit us up. Semaphore, Morse code, smoke signal, whatever need be. Just let us know you're uh, doing okay. Right. I hope he's not dead. Well, I mean, yeah. I think that goes without saying, but right. I'd love to love to get proof of life. Maybe he was just sexed to death because he's living the he lives a good life. So you he never does know. live a good life. Yes, we all do, and we're going to be living the good life this weekend. And we are talking about New York Comic Con 2018. We will be attending, and if you are attending, come on up, hit us up, give us a hug, let's talk. Right? Four days. Absolutely. Yes. Four days of fun and frolic in, in New York City. What could be better? Well, And we have a get-together. We do. Tell them about it. On Friday, starting around 8 p.m., we say around because, you know, the con wraps up. we got to get there. But roughly around 8 p.m. at the Beer Authority, which is uh, the block adjacent to the Port Authority bus terminal. It is on... 8th Avenue, and roughly 39th, I'm going to say, 39th? Yeah. Um, But it's called the Beer Authority. It is a multi-tier bar with over 90 beers on tap. Yes. We have have hung out there at times, had lunch there, done those sorts of things. But uh, it's nothing formal. Like, we didn't rent a room or anything, but it's a pretty big, big space. And we figured it'd be centrally located to all of those of you who are planning to commute. It's uh, still pretty close to the Javits and as much as anything's close to the Javits. And we will uh, be set up there around 8 o'clock for a good while. And uh, we would love to, if you're a listener and you're planning on being at the show, uh, we would love for you to stop on by and uh, partake in the merriment. Yes. Uh, After we get sufficiently inebriated, we're going to form a giant conga line and conga all the way down to the dollar pizza because it's close. It's it's actually very close. Yeah, so we can imagine a giant conga line of geeks going for dollar pizza. Sounds My, sounds, sounds enticing. It does. It is amazing. So uh, 
I may um, be full from beer and bar food by then, but well, you can't be that full that you're not going to buy dollar pizza. Dollar pizza. There's always room for dollar pizza. Seriously, I have one agenda at the convention, and I'm just the mule. Kid Robot has an exclusive Mega Man vinyl figure. There's only 300 of them being offered. It's at the Kid Robot booth. It's for the 30th anniversary of Mega Man. And this, it's Mega Man in silver armor, and I have to get one for my daughter. I don't know if they offer exclusives on preview night. I'm hoping they do, because then my one thing that I have to accomplish will be done for the weekend. Well, if there were a preview night, they might offer exclusives. But since there <laughs> isn't, I don't know. <laughs> That's possible. So Thursday's not considered the preview night anymore? It's, there's, it's, no, Thursday's a full Thursday's day. Thursday's a full day. That's why we get there at 10 in the morning. Okay. So, well, um, my first thing that I do when we get there, I'm going to make a beeline to the Kid Robot booth and see if I can grab one. And then I'm off the uh, the sales floor probably for a while. It is funny that you mention the Mega Man statue because today, waiting for me in a beautiful amazon prime envelope when i got home from work was mega man 11 that's part two of my agenda should we pass the nintendo store i'm going to buy that for mia and bring it home as a gift so well that's awesome and i will have played it by the time you arrive tomorrow so we can try it out nice she's she's giddy she loves the i am giddy I love Mega Man a lot. The game. Me too. They're friggin' hard. Some of those Mega Man numbers, not the first one, but like two and three, they're very hard to beat. Yes. Yeah. But that's good. Right? You classic want, you want classic platformer. Sure. Exactly. Yep. All right. Let's talk about it. Get it out, let's get it out of the way. Damn. Um, yes. We have had this man on with us uh two episodes ago yes mm -hmm. and uh of course yes. we're, we're talking about mr tom king who um recently was uh the writer of the uh heroes in crisis number one i'm trying to bring it up on my uh screen here but it's being very persnickety so why don't um while you're bringing it up why don't jason um Jason should break down uh, how Tom's weekend was. Yes. Oh, very good. Thank you for reminding me. So the Harvey Awards used to be held at the Baltimore Comic-Con every year. And for reasons I'm not quite clear on, maybe some of you listeners are, there was a divorce of sorts. The Harveys stopped I, being... I, I'm not sure if it was so much a... I don't know how... I don't know if someone came in and uh, the Harveys ended up cheating on Baltimore, but basically the Harveys will return next year at New York Comic Con. Uh, right? No, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying, but yeah, that but for yeah, you're right. Reason, the yes. Harveys in Baltimore are no longer a thing, and starting last year, I believe it was last year, if not two years ago, pretty sure it was last year, uh, they replaced the Harveys with the Ringo Awards, which are named after the late and great and much loved and missed Mike Waringo. And um, they're another awards. They're a little different than the Eisners in that they're more of a popularity-driven type of a thing, much wider voting base. And um, the Eisners, for those that don't know, are 
uh, decided on by a room of people that get together and uh, are picked each year from a cross section of the industry and they get into a room and they decide. Whereas the Ringos are anyone that has industry credentials, which unfortunately we as press do not count. But, um, but if you, if you do count, you can vote for the awards and it's just a simple matter of tallying up the votes. But in any event, Mr. King took home not one, not two, not three, but four Ringo awards over the weekend. So huge congrats to him. Uh, and I think it was extra special for him because Baltimore is his, what he considers his home con. And it's the first place he set up many years ago with his novel, A Once Crowded Sky, when nobody knew him um, or or what he was about. And so it's, uh, I think there's a bit of, look, ma, I made it type of thing. So very cool. Very cool to see. And and also some of other some of our other buddies got awards too, uh, including Sanford Green, who won along with his partner Chuck Brown for best web comic for a thousand, and also Mark Morales won for best inker, which I know warms yes. David in my heart. So, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, uh, Heroes in Crisis number one, uh, written by the great Tom King, art by Clay Mann. With color art by Tomeo Mori and Clayton Cowles did the letters. Uh, in, in a nutshell, <laughs> it, it takes place post a very disturbing event that happens. And Booster Gold, um, a disheveled, bleeding Booster Gold is is in a diner, and he's he's having some food, and and in comes Harley. Harley Quinn, and and she she looks like she's a little worse for wear as well. She's been in a skirmish. Long story short, and I'm sure Jason will have a different wrinkle than I do, but Mr. Booster Gold, whom we longtime DC readers know as the the schlub Mm -hmm. uh, who stole a Legion flight ring and went, went back in time in order yeah, to punch be- a time bubble, yes. In order to become a hero, um, failed football player, always striving. Booster's mm-hmm. always striving for acceptance. He's always striving for redemption. Well, to well, see, it, it's not like he he's a failed football player because he he's horrible at it. No. He's he's a disgraced football player because he was betting on his games. Right. Well, that's the thing. He Booster has made a lot of bad decisions. Yes. Um, not the the football thing is the least of it. Actually, wait. I'm sorry. Is is that still canon? Because I know I, we know his pre fifty new fifty two origin. Is he still that? Is is that still know. the same? Okay. I, All right. I, I'm not, gonna, no, I'm not going to worry. We're about just that. talking about our our attraction to the character. That's fine. Okay. But I think Booster is exempt from any reboot within DC continuity because Booster traveled through past continuity in the new fifty two. And then, like it always seems like Booster rides Booster and Wave Rider. They 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 skirt any kind of continuity, and their continuity stays the same. I, that's what I'm getting from this. This this I believe this is our Booster. Okay, I'm I'm gonna ru- I'm gonna run with it because post Flashpoint Booster was still the Booster from pre Flashpoint, wasn't he? Sure. 
well, whatever the case, Booster's always the dude that's striving for redemption because he screws up and he wants he wants to be recognized as that guy who burned all that superfluous crap away. He's living a good life. He's actually we saw him become we saw him go from schlub to actual hero. Booster is a bona fide hero, but he earned it. He 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 mended all those fences that he that he screwed up. He he earned the right to be called a hero. He earned a place in the Justice League. But there's that quest for redemption. He always has that shadowy past. So we we're we're led to believe by Mr. King that Booster suddenly snaps. And this this helpline that they've established for the heroes called Sanctuary where you they can deal with the traumas and the tribulations of of being a hero. Uh, where is it? It's in the heartland of America. Um, where is Sanctuary located? We'll say Kansas. Yeah, let's say. Um, Booster snaps and takes out a bunch of his comrades. The The most amazing to me, one of them being Wally West, which I don't think Booster could ever beat Wally. It, it's just, it's ridiculous to conceive that booster could beat wally but we don't know the whole picture because harley and and booster sitting there at the diner and they're talking and they're you know they're they're throwing quips at each other and they're ruminating and all this stuff and and they eventually throw down harley say harley segs into harley mode and starts stabbing booster with a with a a butter knife and and the fight breaks out and it's eventually revealed that she says, oh, handsome or oh, beautiful, how, how much you've snapped because you did this. Booster doesn't even recognize that he did it. Okay? Well, yeah, the quote is, oh, Goldie, how deep did you crack? Right, right. And, and meanwhile, the Trinity makes a beeline for Sanctuary, and Superman's the first to arrive, of course, because he's Superman, and he finds the, uh, the supposedly dead bodies of... of his friends and uh, associates, and it's Batman that sums up the entire issue, of course, because Tom writes a great Batman, and Batman says, our hope for, and there's that word that's tagged to Booster, redemption, is now just another hunt for vengeance. And there's confessionals in this issue. Um, You have a confessional from Harley, and there's one from Booster, and um blue jay and it's it's very much like the mtv reality series that they have where they put one person in a room and they just they just let it all flow right and someone named hotspot who i don't know who this is or do i do i know who hotspot is Is just warming up okay (laughs) he's got his tagline yeah and 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 arsenal who was among the fallen but I, I'm no big loss. We're we're friends with Tom. I, I very much enjoy Tom's work. So I very much enjoy Stephen King's work and Lovecraft's work. But there's there's books within the Stephen King catalog and the Lovecraft Ovoir that I don't really like. And I'm being totally honest, I didn't like this issue at all. And I know it's the first chapter of a seven part story. That's great. The wrinkles have yet to be be ironed out. I did not enjoy this issue at all i mean to each his own it's just it's just it seems like it's that typical formula oh <gasps> wally's dead 
Booster did it. Oh, my God. Like, fallen hero, someone, the, the perpetrator, someone we never thought would do it. And then it's all going to play out. Tom may stick the landing. I'm going to read it. But I, I just want to say I did not enjoy this at all. Did you wow. like the art? It was okay. I wow. Mean, oh I, 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 I don't wow. No, I don't. I, the art was it. It's there are pages that are remarkable. The page with the Trinity, where Batman says, "Yo, don't touch anything," and Diana says, "You know, we know," or, or or Clark knows, and then Superman is there, all majestic on the. It's a great page. I think the art is, the art ranges from remarkable to just to just okay. Right, I'm I'm not saying it's bad, but it's just it's it's very realistic. It's it's rooted in in realism, and that I can sometimes take it or leave it. Right, I think this this style doesn't necessarily lend itself to your. This isn't the center of your sweet spot. No, it's a pretty book. I mm-hmm. I, I like yeah, the, the yeah. majestic double page spread of the the fields of grain with Superman blazing a trail over it, and the heroes in crisis mm-hmm. in shadow. That's a really neat spread. Right, it got my attention, but I, the thing that really I've never ever groaned when reading a Tom King book, but as Harley's cutting the peach pie, and she says, "Smells like America." Oi, oi vey! Like I, I just I have to I just had I I had to read it twice to make sure that I I read it. The way it was written, it, it's, I just, I maybe I'm not getting it, but I, I didn't enjoy it. And tell me why you did, Jason. Well, because it was fantastic. Uh, okay. So, no, listen, if you didn't enjoy it, you didn't enjoy it. And your, your reasoning is fine. I, I, I don't, I, first of all, let's start with the art. I love the art. I, it is certainly toward the realistic side, but it is not, um, what I would consider photorealistic to the point of annoying me. I think it's right on the edge of, I, I'm a big fan of Clayman's art. So I think the art totally is fantastic. Love the way he draws Harley, love the facial expressions. Um, and I think a lot of the tropes that you seem to have an issue with in this are things that are right up my alley. I love the interstitial pages where we see the intake for each of the characters. Um, that was one of the favorite things I thought Bendis would do sometimes with the Avengers books. I was a fan of that it works for me. Um, and I took this to be the first issue of a seven issue whodunit. Right. And I think we've known enough from how layered Tom has been with, uh, vision and with, uh, and with, uh, Mr. Miracle and, and, and most notably with Batman in terms of, of putting in clues and building layers and getting back to the point. I think we can a hundred percent believe that a lot of what we see in this book and a lot of what we're presented will be turned on its head in a wow, holy shit, I didn't see that coming way by the end of the book. So I take almost everything we're seeing in this in this first issue as a uh, as a right turn in Albuquerque. I, I don't think Booster Gold did it. I don't think Harley did it. I think uh, I think they are meant to believe that they did it or, or meant to believe that he did it. Um, they, they obviously had some kind of role. They were at Sanctuary, but I do not think that they are the murderers. Sure. Uh, but so the one there's another thing that that um, if you give me a Ferrari, right? I don't care. I don't want to see how the engine runs. All I know is this is a car that 
will please me because it goes very fast and I can have some excitement with it, right? The thing that makes me see the pistons and all that other engine crap um, is the fact that we're led to believe that Wally and Arsenal and all those heroes are dead, which is a load of shit. And we know it's a load of shit. And it, that's the, the moment when, when, I can, when I get a glimpse into the mechanics of storytelling, or the, let me rephrase that, the mechanics of mainstream superhero comics storytelling, then I pull out. Like, we all know there's nothing going to be long-lasting with Wally being dead. Mm. If he, if he well, is, in fact, dead. I'm not saying you're wrong because, sure, heroes never stay dead, but that is decidedly a you thing, not a story thing. Right. There's nothing that a storyteller who is tasked with writing big moments in superhero comics these days can do about that. Sure. So but it's a mechanic that means they that's... can either resign themselves to never having deaths or births or marriages, or they can do them and understand that at some point the powers that be will decide to undo them. So it, it... I, I think what you should do is you should judge the story for what it is. And accept that the deaths are real in as much as any superhero death is real, at least for a while, well, I, uh, and then go from there. I'm leaning to believe that there's something so powerful that it can cloud people's minds to the point where Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman think these, these characters are dead, too. Like, there, there could be something that powerful. If it's that, then that's cool, right? Because that's, we haven't seen that all that much. In in current comic storytelling, did, did you take a look at the front of the cover? Right, there's the mask. I see that. Yeah, all, right. So that could be. I'm I'm not going to guess. I'm as soon as I see a mask, I think Psycho Pirate. But right, right. you know that's what I thought as well. And, but and Tom has been using Psycho Pirate in his Batman runs. So. Sure, which that could be this. I mean, this could be that. Right. Um, I just. It could be my current mood with with all this stuff. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I just I when when you say Tom King, I I didn't expect it to be this, but I see this I, felt totally Tom King to me. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. Like I, I think and I are also current on Batman, Vince. You're not true. True. Not. That's true. Yeah, it just felt like the dialogue was was very much like Tom's dialogue and and. Uh, uh, the booster was the same booster, and yeah, it's the thunder lightning. Um, I don't think he's ever written Harley, at least not that I recall. So that's a new voice. Um, I do think most of these characters are meant to be dead, dead, because he even told us on our show that he essentially asked the Dio to give him a list of characters that were okay to kill, and he went from there. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the Dio needs I'm, a swift kick in the nuts because why you got to shit on Wally all the time? No, but again, so I think though that Wally, I mean, obviously Arsenal and Wally are different. There's the there's the Blue Jays and the Hotspots, and then there's the Wally and the Arsenal. I I suspect first of all, uh, Wally. Now I haven't read Flash in a long time. I don't know what the current situation is with Wally. I don't know. I, I but I did read some references to. Um, I read Flash War, and and there's a reason why it hasn't been discussed on the show. Okay, but I did read in reading uh, about this book and some of the theories that 
there are a lot of people based on the way Wally has been. And apparently there's a lot of discussion of Wally being unhappy and displaced and that sort of thing yeah. that he, in fact, maybe isn't dead. And he he given his the history of the flashes with time travel, like could, in fact, be the one that snapped. Um, now, I don't know. Well, if he's also the one who he he's the one who basically kicked off rebirth and and mm-hmm. he and 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 there's the whole you know tom wrote half of that button crossover with the flash from batman so and and wally had a small part in that as well so it's it's there is i i think there is a you know i'm not and i'm not about to say you know it's it's on par with you know, grant morrison's threading all of his stories from day one together but tom has had certain certain things happen whether it's in uh grayson or his batman work or and and there are certain things that that he he leaves he's i don't want to say reminiscent of claremont but but tom knows tom knows how to play the long game and and there Mm -hmm. are things that he's touched on in the 50 issues of batman that you know you may not have seen since issues in 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 the early teens or 20s so i um i trust tom and and i definitely i i didn't mean to sidetrack but it it's it's a um i i think i i i know what you're saying jason yeah and the other thing is in that page where soups opens the door and sees roy and wally a couple things and i think none of this is none of this is by chance um superman doesn't say wally's name he says roy roy and with ww and then he does say Arsenal and Flash are confirmed. Um, we're I, we're presuming that that means dead, but we don't know that to be true. Right. With also, pause. the pause is important. Right, and then also um, Arsenal is holding what looks to be a badge or a button of some sort in his hand. Yeah, which it seems to imply that it was a struggle, and he grabbed that. So, you know, one would think it was a person that was probably involved in Sanctuary in some official capacity whether it was a person that ran it or a part member of the team versus one of the heroes. So there's a lot of little clues there. There's also the issue of um, later in the book, we have um, a scene where three, it looks like mom, pa Kent basically. And then a, and then yeah. a woman, but they're, they're, they're androids or robots of some automatons of some kind. And they're, they're destroyed and they're laying against the fireplace, which is burning, and the welcome signs in the fireplace. And uh, above them is written in scrawl, the puddlers are all dead. And um, and interestingly, and this is I found fascinating, um, Superman is, is hanging his head in sorrow and covering his eyes when he sees all this. And then you see off, off screen the word bloom with the question, puddler? meaning they don't know what that term is. And then then we fan back and Wonder Woman is answering what Puddler means, which tells you it's Batman that asked the question. So this shows you that, that Batman was a lot hands-off when it came to Sanctuary. He didn't know a lot about what it was, whereas clearly Superman and Wonder Woman were a lot more hands-on in it because she explains Puddler's a term. Uh, for those who work in iron, make weapons, swords, Puddler, skim the molten metal, remove the impurities so the iron can be strong. Now, I'm also sure that that narrative plays back into metal, which I think we are, uh, and I don't know if we'll have time tonight, but if we do get into it, I caught up on all the Justice Leagues this week. And I have to say that I think 
we did ourselves a disservice, or at least I don't I don't remember if you guys finished it or not, but I not reading metal uh, to its conclusion is a definite problem right now because a, I, I I thought it was just like Schneider's go crazy event, but clearly everything that's happening in the DC universe right now is tied back into this metal series. Right. Yeah. I, and, didn't, I didn't finish it. I know. And so, um, you know what I'm thinking and I'm, I'm probably way off base, but i just get this sneaking suspicion. Look at the page with, um, the puddlers are all dead. Mm hmm. The writing on the wall. Right. Who was involved in the button crossover? Who was the, the fulcrum of the button crossover? The one Nothing that had no. Yeah. Well, yeah. But Wally. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Right. This I'm just I'm just postulating. This may be a clandestine uh, watchman. Tie to the DC universe. We may not see it. Coming. And if it is, that just ties it right but that's but that's why i i i i love the shell game that tom plays yeah and 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 even if this doesn't the fact that we 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 think it may connect it to that's just i mean that for me then that's just more props wally could have been tainted by something during that interaction with barry and the button and the whole thing i don't know this may i'm just saying this may be tied to watchmen when does, when does uh, Doomsday Clock end? They're on issue, what, seven? Mm-hmm. That's not ending until, like, 2024. Don't worry about, say, Don't worry about Doomsday that, Clock. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's not tying into nothing. No. So, Except John's is retirement. But the um, with there, there's one page, and it's the last page, actually, of the issue, where Booster is talking to Sanctuary and at the same time telling us telling the readers who sanctuary is and and the, there's a key phrase in the third panel where after he says you are sanctuary you are sanctuary the robot super reality therapist so what you said Vince earlier about it could just be um they could be clouded he could be messing with their minds exactly he or she exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, the I, robot, but yeah, yeah, it could be. I mean, if it's because it's built with Kryptonian tech, and right. and you know, it's supposed to be infused with everything that's good and pure from the Trinity. But there's there's there are clues here where this is what I would have liked the new challenge, the new DC challenge, to have been like, just like the old challenge where it was an actual mystery. But this this was, um, I. I, I know I said on, on the Slack today, you know, both of you guys are right. I, I get where Vince is coming from, but it's, it's, I, it's, it's weird. I don't, I, I shouldn't like this because of what's presented, of because of what we see, but I, there's, I wish that there was more actual story. Like, like, like the confessionals are cool and all, but I, I don't think, and everything serves a purpose. But I don't think I got enough of the procedural of of Superman coming in. Of like, I would have loved to have seen more interaction. I would have loved to have seen the Trinity canvassing the area. Then I would have liked another page or two of that. And a less and, and and fewer pages 
of the fight between Booster and Harley. I, I didn't need that maybe so drawn out as great as it looked. But um, Tom pretty much had me early on when, even though he's in air quotes dead, you you show steel early on in, in, in an issue like this, then I'm like, all right, that's cool. I mean, yeah, Blue Jay, that that's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, he threw steel in there. Uh, you kind of, you, you got me sort of along for the ride at, at that point. Well, it's something Jason said about Batman being hands-off. It rings true because Bruce is not one for therapy. Oh, definitely not. Right? So he, it would stand to reason that he would pull back from something cast in a, in a therapeutic vein like this where people discuss and, and, and reveal. And, like, that's not Bruce, right? Right. I don't, <laughs> but I don't I, know if you, you guys noticed on the page where Soups is scanning and you see uh, – you, you see the bodies, and he says they're all gone. Um, right under his cape, near his left hand, on the side of the book, is a Green Lantern symbol. So there's a dead Green Lantern too. Yeah. We don't know which one it is, but there's a dead one. Maybe it's Hal. Well, with that we body can jump type, up and down, it, then it, it's. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, not it's, Hal. Uh, it's not he's, Guy. He's, he's he's trying to keep the source wall from deteriorating, but yeah, it's not Guy. Uh, um. I don't know. It could be Guy. It could no. be Boz. It could be... No. I, th- I think it's someone with a more rounded shape. But the... Um, there was... There was something where... when With, with the whole Puddler definition, I, I appreciate the perspective of Batman being hands-off with the whole thing. Uh, I just... I took that page more as more matter of factly, basically just the way it was presented. Whereas it, it's not a term that Bruce is familiar with. It is a term that wonder woman being from being an Amazon would, would, and, and using metal based weapons would be familiar with, but I appreciated the day where that, uh, someone who wouldn't know what a puddler is, is, is perhaps maybe not the world's greatest detective. And it's just, it's, it's not to I don't view that as as showing you so Batman isn't infallible, even though we've established that with the Mister Freeze storyline in Batman. But um, I don't. It's I like that listening to you guys talk about it. That maybe because I think of the Trinity, and I do think of them knowing what each of them are up to and, and all being on the same page. But yes, it's, I, I can definitely see Batman letting, uh, Superman and especially wonder woman be more, um, loving and nurturing and, and caring for their fellow heroes. Than Batman. Yeah, what if it's, what if it's Kyle Rayner who did it? Why would Tom do that after the Omega men though? Well, I mean, I'm all for it. Kyle Rayner is like, rumored to die in this book, in this series. That's been a rumor. Um, and he would certainly be powerful enough to take out a Green Lantern of another kind, like Fitzsimon and, and Wally. And he Wally, would be yes. powerful enough to do that. Bullshit. And Hotspot. Well, sure. Well, I don't know if he's powerful enough to take out Hotspot, but... Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think Kyle could, could take out Wally. <laughs> well, it, that's it, just your bias. It ain't happening. Well, for for a lot of people, myself and Dap included, Wally is, Wally is the Flash. This and varies. for a lot of people, many of our listeners included, Kyle is Green Lantern. 
Mm. See, that's just crazy yeah, talk. That's yeah, crazy silly. talk. No, but I'm saying you realize you're making the exact same parallel, yes. right? Sure. That is the same parallel. Yeah, and there's a part of it. And honestly, being... if we're if we're being fair to the current Green Lantern, I mean, Kyle has superseded all the other lanterns he from has. the power perspective. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. 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 Now, see, the thing that that intrigues me is uh, I'm I went back to the they're they're all gone page that Jason was talking about because I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see the lantern part of it, but. Right under Superman's head, there's um, a wing. Wings, yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't look like a hawk. No. It Maybe. Looks, um, it looks like Dawnstar's wings. Could be. There are 13 dead wait, bodies wait. apparently outside, and we know four of them. So there are nine more to be revealed. Right. Could the wings be um, – who the hell was that? Uh, Azrael. Who was, who was the angel from Morrison's JLA run? Az- Azazel. Okay. Azazel. Yeah, Azazel. Yeah. <laughs> Azazel, but sure. <laughs> so but he had he had wings, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Because I don't. I haven't I, seen him in a while. He would be on. A, I would imagine he was on a list that the the, the, the DOK found that was right. okay to kill. Well, last time anybody saw Steel, but it's the I I I, I hesitate to say Dawnstar only because Saturn Girl right now is the only tie to the right, Legion. Exactly. And, Exactly, see, but so. but things could be happening behind the scenes that we're mm-hmm. we're we're not privy to that information. She could have been an emissary from the field. Who knows, right? But it would be neat. I mean, I'm, I look for Legion connections anywhere. So, of course, whether or not they're they're actually evidence for them to be true, who cares? It's the Legion, and I want them back. But okay, um, so maybe part of it is cast in a different light, but. Um, <laughs> I don't think Tom intended us to enjoy this issue anyway. Oh no, no, right. yeah, this is not. It's not a feel-good book. This isn't. It's it. It hits the ground. Well, I don't say it hits the ground. It, it's 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 an issue where I think if if you're, I don't know. It, I mean, I was in anyway, but I don't. I I'd, I'd be interested to hear from anybody who. Was going to was was on the fence or was going to give it a shot and and this issue hooked them or they want to see where it's going or they were just like I can't believe this is what's happening and and I'm done with it. I what, what kind of a person could read this issue and not want to know what's going on? Like this is it's a, it's a I will admit it's a great hook because things need to be resolved, right? Yes, I need to know what's going on, but I just thought the. Yeah, it was so downbeat and just poor Wally. Like, why, why, Wally? Why, why? Uh-huh. Well, why because they want Wally. They're, they're 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 trying. He's you know he's making sure he kind of he gets our attention. Oh, no, I don't right, but yeah, it, it's like you know, listen, and and it's these are characters because otherwise, if it was if it was filled with you know steel and Gypsy, and the Legion of Substitute Heroes characters, or, or Justice League Antarctica, no one's going to care. So at least when you throw Wally here, or you see the glimmer, of, you, you, you see the, the aftermath of a Green Lantern image, it, it's there, there, then, okay, this is something that's that's pretty heavy. You know, it's it's like Mutant Massacre, and you just, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's cool. So, so they killed a bunch of Morlocks, but, you know, call me when, you know, we actually have to wonder if, if Colossus or or cipher is actually dead but the uh i am i the only one who thinks that the the sanctuary symbol looks like the guardian, guardian of manhattan yep. shield guardian okay. yeah it definitely does yeah it's cool 
It's a, it's a good symbol. I like it. It's a shield. We protect it you. Works. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think the um the art is amazing. I, I think the uh I think the man's did, did some beautiful work here. Uh the and it's it's interesting that the sanctuary's mask is on the front steps. Um and it, it's I mean there's there's blood, there's there's the, the blue liquid from the androids, it's it's just it's it's a mess of fluids all over the place uh and of course now it's raining it's yeah i it i think for me it it ended abruptly only i mean we we end with 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 booster's confessional which is is fine because booster's the one who after what we witnessed between him and harley he's the one who obviously needs help but i um i i, I think it was paced well I, I have no problem at all with with tom's storytelling techniques or ability i just um you know i it's just i think what i and, and whether you could say that that's a testament to to the man's work i wanted more but what i wanted more of um meant i would have gotten less of things that i wanted less of i i, I didn't think it was it, we, we got exactly what we we should have gotten i just I, I would have liked things maybe a little more in a different order but that's just that, that's super nitpicky and if if there was any doubt that um you really are meant to believe that this is wally i mean Diana closes his eyes. So it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, this is, this, this is, I mean, as far as we're concerned with this first issue, this is really happening. These, these characters are, are dead. So you can just go back to your business and see what happens next month or the next issue. But I, I didn't, I, yes, I, I definitely, I like this issue, but it's, it's weird to say that I liked this right. issue. I think Tom, I think everybody did a fantastic job. Um, I don't. I, I dislike things that happen in this issue, but that's that's because that was the point. So no, I did this this sadly or begrudgingly gets a thumbs up for me. So 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 kudos to everybody involved. I think here, the, here. the Trinity uh, content was just enough. I think. I, I, I yeah, but I mean, you're already on record as as you know, crapping all over this issue and saying you hated it. So I'm not really taking I didn't that. Say I hated it. I said I didn't. Li- I didn't enjoy it. I didn't like it. He pretty much said it was the worst issue you've ever read. Yeah, oh, he said okay. if, if we had the worst of eleven o'clock, this would make every list. I, I, no, I heard you. No, you were like, this deserves the Razzies of EOC. <laughs> mm. so, yep. That damn Don't Tom King. What's wrong with you? <laughs> What else do we have? So like, I can be sure that we will see the end of this before we see the end of uh, of uh, John's joint. Oh, hells yes. I think Doomsday I think Clock. Hulk will be in college before we see the end of Doomsday Clock. <laughs> <laughs> but in, nice. the, in the end, um, once it's collected, is anyone really going to give a shit that it took forever to come out? You know what I mean? Maybe. No, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. If you have to, if if you're collecting retirement when you get that hardcover, maybe. I don't know. It's weird. No, it's, see, it's, it's, that, that's one of the things yes, that I, I get. It. I get it. You know, but 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 this is a this is a medium that, you know, we 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 talk about things that come out 
when they come out and and yeah. it's also it's still designed to to be you know if if it's meant to be 12 issues all at once then release that there it, it john's is telling a story mm-hmm. that is meant to string you along so you get the next issue it's it's he's not writing a a book that's 200 and some odd pages he's writing 12 right. 20 page chapters so it's it, you, yes, I, I know. When I sit down with the hardcover and and I read all twelve issues, that's great. But that's not the way the story was meant to be. Listen, let's keep it real. There's a mental momentum to periodical comics. Oh hell and, yeah! And yes. I mean, I was thinking about this uh, this week when I was looking at some of my stacks. Some of the comics that I would consider my favorite in recent years have really lost that love and feeling not because they've fallen off in quality just but because they come out so infrequently that yes i just lo- like southern bastards specifically you know i mean you know i much yeah, and love- i was gonna say black monday murders but yes I'm yeah but much love to jason and jason and and i know i know jason latour's had some you know family stuff and everything but it's 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 impossible to give me a monthly comic that i'm doing you the solid of buying when it comes out in single issues and you're giving me an issue every four, five, six months. Yeah. It's yeah. now I love the book, and I, I'm sure that when they get back on track or when they wrap it up and I get it in a nice hardcover and I read it, it's gonna be awesome. And there's gonna be tens of thousands of people that read Southern Bastards in trade or in a fully collected form when it's done and rave about it. And I probably would be one of those if I wasn't but but as someone who bought in because you tell me it's important to buy into the issue form to support you. You're you're kind of fucking me because I, I like I've had Southern Bastards number twenty on my Slack list for six months now, oh, and I can't even tell you what happened anymore. But I also know I haven't had another issue to catch myself back up, and I know that I had to wait what eight nine months for that issue to come out. Yeah. I so think- my point is, is I, I I don't know why I went on a rant about that, other than to say that's an extreme but current example. So yeah, I think it matters. Like I'm I. I will tell you this, when Doomsday Clock's first three issues came out on time, we were breaking down each one in great detail and great excitement. And the last handful of issues we've barely talked about. Sure. I I think for an ongoing, it definitely suffers from uh, a lack of timeliness. Mm -hmm. But for something that had been advertised and solicited as a 12-issue series... I don't think the the lateness matters one whit because you know it's 12 issues, right? If you're on issue seven and yeah. it, it's taking forever, you know you got to wait for the, the next bunch and then the story will be ended, right? Does anyone re, rereading Dark Knight really say, in, in collected form, really say, oh, man, this is this is one of the best Batman stories ever but you know what it drops a notch or two in my book because there was so much time between the last two issues like who cares no but it's it's you're right who cares and, and nobody these, no say guys, with Camelot 3000 nobody you're right no one's going to worry in in five years when they read that collected edition that the people who actually had to wait and wanted to read the stories that was coming out because it was it was it was relevant or they were they were invested they don't care that oh yeah sucks for you that you had to wait you know eight extra months for three more issues i don't have that problem but it's not 
a one chunk story. It's it's it. I, I totally get what you're saying, Vince, and you're right. I don't know how long it took for Avengers Forever to come out completely. I don't know how I Squadron Supreme things like that where I can sit and I can read however many issues, any any Marvel miniseries, anything that that, that Chung or or Quapel or anything that 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 they've drawn in recent memory. I mean, because on the flip side, you get Hickman's Avengers, which had different artists almost every other issue, but at least you know. It was. It kept coming out, and you were able to stay current. It, it's not going to matter if 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 that finite series, right. however long it took, once it's collected and you can sit and read it and enjoy it, that's great. But if I have no intentions of buying that hardcover, that that collection in five years, because I stuck out the original story. Then I, you can't. I I I, I kind of poo poo on that. You know, you really shouldn't complain because you know you can just read it when it's all collected. Well, then don't sell it to me in piecemeal. But but that's how the the, the marketplace is. That's designed. what I'm trying to but say. That's why I disagree with your statement that it doesn't matter because it does. Because I think that if the goal is to create something that will just be evergreen, that's a noble goal. But it's one that doesn't have a lot of history behind it. Those books you were referencing that don't matter are the the rare few that have transcended and become classics, and they are the ones that are the rare few DC and Marvel books that are truly evergreen. Uh, there are thousands of other stories that were pitched as important that have collected editions that don't ever sell and collect dust on shelves. Sure, and I'm not saying Doomsday Clock doesn't have the pedigree to be an evergreen story. But I do feel kind of dumb buying the issues because just functionally, given that we're adults with jobs and families and and we also read a crap ton of comics each week and each month, I just don't have the recall that I used to when I was a kid Same. where okay. my – so I honestly – I cannot tell you what I, – I, I now when I get – like this last issue, I haven't read the last issue – I feel that I need to go back and reread or at least skim the entirety of what's already come to remind myself what happened so that when I read the next issue, I won't feel lost. Brother, I and I think that time. is a critical failing. Yeah. I think that's a critical failing. It's unreasonable to expect me to go and reread something I've already read in a periodical form to understand or appreciate the next issue. I think that is a failure. There is, wait, there is an is, issue how of- is it unreasonable? They're not factoring into the, the equation the fact that you may read 50, 60 comics a month. That's irrelevant. They're producing one issue at right. a time. So whether then, it takes, right, okay. but if it's okay. coming so out then, monthly, I could have recall. If, I, if it's not coming out monthly, it's far easier to forget what happened. Oh, I totally get that, right? But what I'm saying is the concerns of the creative team are not like there's a bunch of people reading a ton of comics. we got to get this out on time. The concerns are that... They want to produce – they're producing a 12-chapter piece of art, right? Right. Whether yeah. it comes out in five years or three weeks, they're, they're going to invest the time in, the, in this limited series format. They're going to invest the time they feel it needs to complete the project to their liking. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of retailers that are pissed off because this thing that is generating – a good amount of money for them isn't coming out as frequently as they want it to. That's the concern, but that's irrelevant in terms of making art. 
Now you get. I mean, there's cart. There's there's commerce and there's art. You can't have both of them. Well, right? we've had yeah. this debate before. Right. The, the Marvel and DC are in the business of having both. Uh, well, they're they're not producing art. They're producing. They're they are they are making art purely for the goal of making money. That is the that is the entire existence of these. Books. And I and I get that, but when you tell a creative type to come on, let's hurry it up and get this thing out so we can make money, the, their concerns aren't entirely financial. They're they're worried about the everything that goes into creating these things. Right? They're trying to craft this story the best of to the best of their ability so it is a product but it's also art so um i i really that that's the 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 niggly bit like you you can have both and we do have both but sometimes it just doesn't work in the right but I, I guess for me where i fall on this and i don't i don't actually disagree with your underlying premise which is that if you're giving me the choice i would rather have the best story i can have if it takes a long time i do agree yes. with that but here's sure. the issue I do think, though, that every now and then I, and this is a me thing, not a them thing, I get psyched about a specific run and I buy the issues and then I get in this trap. I have to just discipline myself, as most comic readers I think should, that I'm going to read this stuff in whatever form I choose, but I'm going to read it once it's done. Yep. Because if I hadn't been reading Doomsday Clock when it was coming out every issue and I just said to myself, wow, that's going to be awesome when it's finished – and in a year and a half or two years, when the collection's on my Regina pile, I read it and love it, then you're right. Then it's just about how was the story. But I'm trapped right now where I have read the issues and I feel that it is close to being a creative failure to me because of the way with which they've presented it to me. Okay. Because I have to go back and reread and skim the issues that have already come out to try and piece together the narrative before I read the next issue. And it feels a lot more like work to me than it does enjoyment. And so, and, and again, that's because I choose to buy the issues when they come out and that's my fault, I guess, but then don't sell me and solicit me the issues. Then just put it out as an OGN. Yeah. It's not entirely your fault because it was but, originally a monthly and then it went to a, a bi-monthly. Bi-monthly now practically quarterly. But the thing yeah. is it's, there's, you have, it's and and this is unfortunate, especially with Doomsday Clock, because there was a, an issue, uh, d- either five or six, that where it was more of a flashback because it focused on one character, and mm-hmm. that would be fine if it was like a filler issue because you were waiting for the artist to catch up. But the fact that it 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 was this issue in the middle of the re- like, I'm sure it was always John's and Frank's intent to 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 tell this story at, at this time, but it just it it made it even harder. To think back further two issues ago, by the time you were able to sit down and read the current one, the if if it was no big deal, if if it was meant to be consumed all in one chunk, then why have cliffhangers at the end of the issue? Then just just end an issue at the twentieth page, twenty second page, because it's just going to be collected later, and you can read it all that way. It, they 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 package it, they present it. It's judged between those two covers when they come out however many months apart so yeah when the story is all said and done and and you're able to sit down and read it okay cool you can enjoy it that way but i i still think if they're offering me this one twelfth of a story then i i'm it's fair for me to judge this chapter the way yeah, it's I presented. Agree with that. i do agree with that 
if if you if you're constantly telling us as creators in an industry how important it is that we still buy the singles, and we hear that all the time, and we don't just hear it from Marvel and DC, we hear it from our friends doing creator owned books, that the singles pay the bills and they make the book possible, and then they can hopefully make the profits when the collectors come in. If you're going to keep telling me how important it is to support the industry by buying the singles, you got to give me the other end of that social contract, which is delivering me a cohesive and timely narrative. Can't have it both ways. If So I, all I'm saying is this is yet another example in the thousands upon thousands since we started the show at 10 years ago that they're telling me what you really should do is if you're hyped on a book, maybe try the first issue to see if it's floating your boat. If it is, put a little mental bookmark, wait for it to finish up, and then read it. That's exactly what I do. I agree, and that's what I generally do. And and but that is not what they're asking us to do. So no. right, no, of course. And there are some things we read because we want to talk about it on the show, or because the listeners want us to discuss it. And and so at that point, we we decide. Okay, so are we going to? And that's yeah, that's just what we do. But it's so are we going to read this because it's timely? Like, are we going to read Infinity Number One, even though we'd rather wait? because we just finished an event or whatever, we're we going to read this because they want us to talk about it where it's, you know, that's what we want to do. Or do we still want to be fans and read this at our leisure when, when we're ready to sit down and, and read all the parts when they're available? It, I guess it's a matter of perspective. I think mm-hmm. I don't care about many thing, many concerns that both of you do. Um, and I'm sure a lot of other readers do. I don't care how long it takes them to get it done. There's more than enough in my life to occupy my weight. Oh, we always issues. say that. There's right, plenty to true. read while we're waiting for something to come out. I Because I'm my mind is on the creative side of the equation. Mm-hmm. I I believe that they should take as much damn time as they want to get this thing done. Um, I'll, I'll wait. And we we do, right? But... The best case scenario would have been to just eschew the entire direct market format where you got to have something every month, every month, every month, boom, 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 like Jason said. Let these guys do the entirety of the 12-issue series if that's what they wanted to do and then sell it when it's done. That's – you know, it's almost unheard of in this marketplace. What? Pay these guys to do a book and it's not coming out monthly? That's insane. Like when you – Gary Frank, someone broke promises. Someone had to break promises in this thing where he said, yeah, I can get this done monthly. Uh, no, you can't. I can get this, this done. Now I can do it bi-monthly. Obviously, you can't do that. Well, and by the way, we shouldn't assume it's Gary Frank. Right. It could well yeah. be John's. Okay, it could be John's. But someone somewhere broke a promise. But I think you're right. So, right. Clearly, someone did not. And look, this again, this isn't. John's didn't have a rep for being late with books when he was creating books, but right. it's been a long time since he created books. Sure. Right. And, you know, it's like with Todd, right? Or, or Jim Lee. I mean, and it's entirely possible that they're, it's, and I'm, that's, it's, it, it could be that this works out in their favor because by the time the 12th issue comes out and the landscape of the DC universe may tie in to everything. I don't, I don't think that that's the long game they're playing, but it, it, they, they absolutely could manipulate things so that by the time Doomsday Clock ends, it matches up with everything else. Right. Whether or not other Tom or 
Humphreys or whoever uh, other writers have to now go into a holding pattern while they're waiting for Doomsday Clock exactly, to catch up. Exactly, right. But, that's, that's the thing. If there were plans at the end of Doomsday Clock to tie it into the, the majority of the DC universe, if they knew that going in, then shame on them because they're holding right. all these creators hostage. Well, and that's where it gets I, interesting is that is that I think both Marvel and DC have put their foot down for most creators when it comes to this kind of thing anymore, where if this were 90% of the catalog at, with this kind of issue, whoever's at fault, they would just replace, right? They'd say, well, listen, we're going to, we're, we're, we're putting someone else in the book. But in this case, they have the unfortunate situation of this being a premier tentpole centerpiece book written by their chief creative officer. Well, at least he was at the time of the book being announced and a premier artist that, said chief creative officer handpicked. So I, I know that Jeff Johns' title has changed, but I'm still imagining he's one of the HNICs. And I don't think he's in the position where anyone has the power to to tell him what to do. So they're kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Johns has got demoted and but I, I don't get the sense that he's in he's 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 probably the only dude there um, and I'm, I'm even saying that people like Scott Snyder and Tom aren't in that camp that probably is above reproach. If he needs to take three years to do it, they're going to bite their tongue and let him take three years to do it. I guess the only other guy that fits this is, is Jim Lee because we know that Jim frequently jumps on books and then yeah. can't finish the arcs, and yeah. he's never going to get in trouble because he runs the company. But but I think Jeff is right up there with him. So. But Whether what's just, the 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 new age of heroes with the terrifics and sideways and and de- I they they were marketed as artist first, writer second, but the writers have been the only constant on all the issues that have been out so far. I don't know. I I lost count of how many artists were on the terrifics already at 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 six or seven issues, and and you know Jim Lee and Ryan Benjamin both did the first issue of the immortal man and and so there's yes what like you said when there's there are situations where you know if someone isn't pulling their weight then all right we're gonna get we we we, we're pulling people off the bench to make sure that we still hit our target but something like doomsday clock it you're not you know they, they did it with christ on infinite earths but there were other, I mean, but then again, you have Invasion, which had Todd McFarlane and Bart Sears. So they they can, there, there are certain stories where they're they're fine with mixing things up a bit. But something like Doomsday Clock, I'm pretty sure they're um, they're set to make that a, a a Jeff and Gary production. Yeah. Wow, this is quite the tangent. How did we get? How did Just we get bit. talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, this? taking Gary but, Frank off the so, book would shatter the illusion. You can't do that. But how did we even start talking Unless about this? Unless you give it to Dale Keown again. But, the, but well, it, it, it was I, – I meant to ask, since, since we were talking about chapters and whatnot, because – and we're not going to talk about this issue. But, um, you know, Azarello and Bermejo had that Joker OGN a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I guess Batman – and that was an OGN, and that was all told in one book, one chunk. That was it. That was great. And I guess Batman Damned is supposed to be some sort of spiritual successor to that because it's the same creative team, but that's being told in in a serialized format. So mm-hmm. why not just why not wait for all those pages to be done and and sell that as an OGN? I, well, it's it's I don't know who well, knows, but right? No, I know who knows, but it, it, that's that was 
eventually going to be my counterpoint to to your you know then just sit down and, and read it when it's collected i mean it was a mess with the one issue yeah. alone. i didn't need that every now and then they, they both edition, they both but... do it and it works out like remender and opania they did the rage of ultron avengers ogm yes right it just every now and then they do that and it seemingly goes well yeah i don't know why they opt to do it that way sometimes i think it might others, be but... maybe royalties and contracts are involved but yeah, yeah. but if you want to a cohesive creative vision pay these guys pay them to finish the well, whole sure thing. I mean, that's, that's it's not too. like time warner doesn't have the money well i don't get the sense they're not paying them right that's i mean well, that, no i'm saying paying them pay them for the like pay them for the entire thing set them up let them work on it monthly, oh. pay them till mm-hmm. it's done and then release it in one the way it should kind of like cross-gen with salaries and stuff yeah oh, like just see i almost i almost think that given what we know of artists it's Jesus. Wow, what is Jesus? Um, it almost makes wow. Uh, it almost makes sense to. That's one of the reasons they stick to the monthly form or the periodical form because it's a way of keeping artists on track because they don't get paid until they get a chunk of what they need to get done done. Well, you don't. I, I would say suggest you don't pay them until each successive chapter is in house. So in a sense, they're paying them on a, on a monthly book or bi monthly, whatever the yeah, schedule they yeah. set. You're not going to pay them everything up front. That's ridiculous and just plain crazy. Like mm-hmm. we know how artists are. If you give the guy, you know, hundred thousand dollars to do a twelve issue series, I'm just guessing. You're not going to give it to him all at once. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no carrot at the end of that. Stick. Right. Yeah. But but anywho, why don't we talk about something we're reading? Because we spent a lot of time talking about old man rant. <laughs> at least about. we'd like to read, but you know, so. it was fun though. That was fun. Come on. That was fun. It was a lot of fun. Let's talk we'll, about something. Let's float we, your boat. You didn't like uh, what we just talked about. So what's we'll float floating your... my boat? Whoa. I, can, I have something to uh, fill, fit that bill. This is from Image Comics. I've heard of them. Yes. And it is a collected edition. So I had the, the, the luxury to read all five, well, the first five issues of this ongoing series in one shot. And it's uh, written by Sebastian Gurner. With um, art by a man named Galad, G-A-L-A-A-D, with uh, letters by Jeff Powell. It's called Scales and Scoundrels, Mm. Volume 1, Into the Dragon's Maw. I don't buy enough fantasy books. Um, There are are some valid reasons for that. being the art hound that I am, if the art is not to my liking, I, I won't buy it, regardless of the the genre, right? Uh, so I'm I'm very um, picky when it comes to my fantasy art. And um, Galad's art in this thing, I think, Jason, you would really resonate with this. Because mm-hmm. it's, from what we're told in uh, the back of the book here, uh, Galad is French, by the way. And he he works in the video game arena. He works for uh, he's done work for Ubisoft and Good Game Studios and European Animation Studios. So he's adept. That tells me, I guess, he's adept at character design. Um, the less is more type approach because animation you you're not going in with all Mobius guns blazing because you're going to have to draw that image thousands of times, right? So he he has a great visual shorthand. It's it's cartoony. It's beautiful. Um, 
if this didn't come out for image from image i would think it was a boom book it, it has that boom um it kind of has a lumberjanes vibe to it a little okay the arts in that um in that approach i i thought it was phenomenal it, and it's it's a pretty standard fantasy premise, I guess. Um, there's a, a woman. Her name is Lavender. And whenever I say that name, I inevitably think Brian Vander because it sounds like Brian Vander. So Lavender, Brian Vander, whatever. Um, and she is, I can't help it. And she's a, um, she's a scamp. She's a scoundrel, right? In the beginning, she's, she's in a, uh, a tavern beautifully rendered uh city uh here um she's in a tavern she's playing this card game and i got uh i got the old cerebus diamondback feeling from from watching this this card game and she's winning and she just beats them all down ha 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 i won she scoops the money and you have an irate participant in the game accusing her of cheating and this uh participant they get her on the ropes and these men you know remember this is a woman these men start pummeling uh lavander and she takes she takes it she's like that all you got you know and they're 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 punching her in the face um and this is an all-ages book by the way so there is violence in it but it's 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 not overt or explicit um and she she's she takes it and she's like okay Nobody messes with me and my gold. And her eyes change from normal human eyes to something along the lines of a cat's eye. And she has a, she has a black eye, so you only see one. But it's cat's eye. And flames erupt everywhere in this tavern to the point where she, she burns it down. Um, it turns out there's a double-page... Um, flashback and we're not we're not specifically told what's going on but we see a very young girl that looks like it could have been Lavander with a dragon she she wanders up to the dragon's horde the dragon sleeping on a mountain of gold and then they show the dragon's eye and this young child is is uh, silhouetted well not silhouetted but she's in front of the eye and it's the same eye that Luvander has in the opening scene. So there are chains in this uh, double-page spread. Luvander in the book loathes chains. She does not like the presence of chains on her body. So Luvander is said to be an Erden, U-R-D-E-N, an Erden, which could be a dragon in human form. Well, I mean, the opening scene would lend one to believe that because these, these people in the tavern, they're like, it's dragon fire, flee. She could be a dragon in human form. She could be a dragon-human hybrid because we don't get an indication in this double-page spread that this young girl, who I'm guessing is Lavander, is a dragon. She may have been cursed um, with the the being a dragon so it's again in the five issues that i read in this trade it doesn't specifically say that how she became this or to what extent she is a dragon because she never 
assumes anything other than human form. She doesn't turn into a dragon within, within this thing. But she does seem to control dragon's fire. Which is cool, right? So, yeah. She, yeah. so she escapes. And, and you know, she's, she's walking around the, 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 the uh, confines of this little town. And she, she runs into a, 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 a traveling party. This is what I love. Did you get a party in a fantasy thing and they're just traveling and they're, they're, they're on a quest? That's you have me now, right? But the, the, the head honcho of this traveling party is Prince Eckisborn of the Scarlet Sands Empire. He's a young man. Um, there is a rite of passage within the Scarlet Sands Empire. When you reach a certain age, you've got to go out and do something worthy of your family name. Be a hero. Um, it's a, it, like I said, it's a rite of passage that, that everyone in this Scarlet Sands Empire uh, embarks upon. So you have the prince who's going out seeking experience, whether it's adventure or, or something majestic, something worthy, and he has a shadow. That's what she's called. It's a bodyguard. Koro, his shadow. And these shadows are raised from birth to guard the royalty. So she's constantly at his side. They have also crossed path with a dwarf, and in the, it's a dwarf woman, and her name is Dorma. This is awesome. Dorma's on a quest, too, but she thought that by joining the prince and Koro that she'd have a better chance of succeeding in her quest. See, Dorma's brother, their, their, um, their tribe is not doing so well, and they're, they're on hard times. So Dorma's brother thought, hey... You know what? If I go out and I find this fabled place called Dened Lewin, which is the Dragon's Maw, it legend has it that at the bottom of Dened Lewin, it's called Dalden Laria, there's a treasure trove of gold. And if I find this gold in the Hall of Gleaming Treasures, I can bring it back and our people will be saved. Problem is... Uh, Dorma's brother went missing. So she's on a quest to find him. And the, the, um, the prince is on a quest to find himself. So he said, hey, all right, this Dened Lewin place sounds like the place to be. I'm going to go do this. So they cross paths with Lavander, and she's all about the gold, right? So this is the party now. And they eventually find this Dened Lewin and travel to the, the, the seemingly the place where they want to be. But hot on their heels is what I'm guessing, again, it's not specifically stated, is a lawman. This guy is super cool looking. He, ha he's, he's, he has presence, let's just say that. He's tall, he's got a scraggy face, got the hood on, he's got the remains of a giant beast as shoulder armor, and he also has two Doberman-like dogs with... Uh, a circle and a triangle on their foreheads that are under his command. Like, this guy's really cool. Um, he is uh, almost diverted from his quest by this giant creature in a cave called a Cave Snapper. It looks like a giant spider, chameleon-type thing. And um, he's irritated because he's after Lavander, and this, this Cave Snapper's in his way. So he pulls out a fucking grenade and he opens up this thing's mouth and shoves the grenade in it 
Like, this guy is fearless. But in doing so, Lavander managed to escape. So there's someone hot on the heels of Lavander. You got the party that's trying to get to this mythical place. Jason, there's an incident with a whale in here. Oh, boy. Yep. Giant, <laughs> giant, um, well, it, it, for all intents and purposes, it's a whale, but it's, it's not a strict, I mean, yeah, it's a whale. I want you to read this. There are, <laughs> there are fish people in here, mm -hmm. beautifully designed fish people. Um, and at the end of the book, there is um, a cliffhanger. There's a demon inhabiting um, Dalden Laria who knows immediately that Lavander is not what she seems. And they throw down and something happens and something else happens. And I want you to read it, so I'm not going to tell you what happens. But um, questions, a lot of questions in this book. But hot damn, did I love it. it each issue goes down like candy. It's a page turner. I, it's, the colors are impeccable. They're very restrained, but they're candy colored on one page. They're very earthy on another. I mean, it's, it's a visual treat. And I, I, I implore you guys to read it because, one, we don't talk enough about fantasy books. And two, I really think you'd love it. It's, it's really an exceptional piece of work. I'm going to add it to my, my pile right now. And the first trade... Again, it's called uh, Into the Dragon's Maw. Is that traditional image um, shtick they got going where the first trade's nine ninety nine? So mm -hmm. if you order it from Discount Comic Book Service, it's going to cost you five bucks and change. Five dollar. Yep. Oh, make you holla. It's, this series is currently on issue 10, I believe. Mm -hmm. So the second trade will be coming out very soon. If you choose to read it in trades, you'll have two to digest in one swell foop there are these little tiny bird-like creatures called isps that um emanate light and uh there's a dwarf in here his name's yaji and he says yo take the isp with you they're good on a quest and that just like makes my soul happy that there's these little inconsequential fauna within this world that just emanate light and help travelers on their quests. Like, that's mm -hmm. cool to me. For sure. Yeah. I loved this, this, this book. And it was that's wonderful. I saw it. I, I solicited. I said, hey, fantasy. I like this art. I think I'm going to order it. Like, and then I waited. Well, I didn't wait, but I just, out of mind, right? It comes in the box. I'm going through my books. I pull it out. And You're I like, said, oh, what's in the box? I said, holy shit. It's not a head. It's a fantasy epic. Beautifully drawn and colored. And I just clicked with this. May have been right place, right time, but hot damn, I said it again, this is good. Good. Scales That's and awesome. scoundrels, yeah. And you can hand it to your, your child when you're done reading it. And they can And the creators will be at uh, New York Comic Con. Which is exactly yes, why I brought it up. Oh, look at you. Yep. The dank. There you go. Ah, yes. Okay. Ha. <sighs> So there's some positivity for you. And I wasn't really negative about Tom's thing. I just, uh, just didn't. Me hate it. That's fine. No. That's cool. I mean, I'll tell no, him. I'll, you do I'll, you, man. Live I'll your best him, life. I'll give him a yeah, hug. Yeah, true. And I mean, I'll just, just be know. like, I'll give him a hug. Just, just own it. Just own it. Just I'm say. hugging Sorry. him. And then I'm going to pinch him for that America line. Because you know, it's. Neg neg you know, negative energy just, just, just is what the world needs. That's all. I'm all about the negatives. That's <laughs> 
<laughs> what else we have? Well, um, I have something from Dark Horse. Excellent. It is Michael Haig's Mammon. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you read it. <laughs> have you? Oh, my God. Dude, seriously? Do you not listen to a single word I say? <sighs> I'm going to go kill myself. Carry on. I know. Next week. No. Relax, dude. Go ahead. Um, I enjoyed it, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did. Stop. No, here's here's the thing. Um, how do I say? Um, it's probably completely unfair to compare this work to another, but when I got done reading it, my mind immediately went to Mr. Higgins Comes Home. Which, as you know, because you read it, yes, uh, was Mike Mignola's vampire book that is not in the BPRD Hellboy universe uh, with art by Warwick Johnson Cadwell. And we were both big fans of that book. And I know it's a different book, different vibe, different artistic approach but it just when i boiled it all down they're both stories that are loosely tied to the original dracula myth of an american writer being summoned to tell the story and it just i guess i i remember that book which is i don't know how many years ago we read it so vividly and i i, I hold it in such high regard i just felt okay and i'm also a fan i should say of the original dracula novel um, and I've read a ton of other vampire prose over the years, so I do feel like it's a genre I know well. I've read a lot of good, a lot of bad, and I just felt like it was good, but it was a little too... Um, I felt it was a little too thematic without a real plot. Like, I felt like Haig was trying to make some big proclamations about the vampire mythos and how it ties into a broader idea of Satan and, and Christianity. And I just felt like the ideas were bold and the visuals were bold in support of the ideas, but there wasn't enough of a start to end narrative for me to rave about it. Okay. I, I, the, the the art was a weird thing for me because I think it's beautiful. Well, beautiful is probably not the right word because it's a it's a dark macabre uh, book that that revolves around Satan and his his spawn. But but I mean, I, I found the book like I think he's a talent. I think Michael Haig is a talent for sure, uh, and I enjoyed looking at the artwork a lot. But there was something about it that I can only describe as it lacked depth. And I mean that from a actual like dimensional depth point of view. It, it, it seemed to me like a lot of different images of different size were on the page, but not with the, but without the attempt to give it a third dimension. So it, it felt, it just felt a little like disjointed. Like there were, he would paint these amazing, pieces and then almost color form them onto the page together. And I found that a little off-putting. 
Okay. Um, now, I love the idea of Mammon, which uh, Dap referenced in passing in our little chat about books that don't ever come out, the Black Monday murders. <laughs> Mammon is the god of money in that book, and it's it's what it was being worshipped. And, and uh, this isn't explicitly portrayed in that way. Mammon in this book is not the god of money per se, but he is portrayed as one of Satan's children and, and the brother of the original vampire and who was a woman in this instead of Dracula. But uh, so I, I dug the concepts a lot. I, I dug the idea of, of them. I'm not sure how I feel about them all finding God and fighting on the side of, of God. I'm not, I thought it was not a, sure neat, a neat twist. It was neat, but I'm not, I, this is where me not being a believer gets in the way because I, I just, uh, well, I don't a, know. I, I thought it was I, a very vindictive twist because Mammon's daddy, Satan. So how can I piss off daddy to the point where, you know, it's just to embrace Jesus? Yeah. 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 It's, it's neat. Now I, I have to say most of the art when I'm not bugged by the dimensionality is, is incredible. And I am right in saying it's watercolors, right? It looks like a combination of pencils. Of pencils. And, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, it's it's amazing art, it really is, and it's 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 very evocative of of, of great mythology. Um, I, I I think that yeah, so so like I just but the book ended and you know our our protagonist Jonathan is turned into Mammon in essence, and Mammon goes into the portal to fight to the underworld to fight Satan, and that's kind of how we're left. Mm-hmm. And I guess I, I just was left wondering, well, what is exactly the the point. The point. I think it's it's a book about cycles. Okay. Um, the, because Mammon starts off as one entity and ends as another, but it's the same entity. It's 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 like the legacy aspect of the DC universe. You know, the handing down of the the uh, the the powers and abilities. It's, I don't – the interesting thing you said about was it, it's a vampire story. I don't think it's a vampire story. I think the vampire stuff is secondary. And that's the one tiny – wow. Wow. Problem I have with it is uh, – not, not even a problem, but it, it was pitched as a vampire story, but it's not a vampire story. Lilith is, is – is, I mean the whole vampirism thing is just to get Jonathan into Mammon's clutches, Right. So it's a feint. No, it is, and and no, hundred percent, it, it is a feint. But but it's it's a, but it, it it is in essence that same story that we've read many times. But the the feint is that when he shows up, dude looks like Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. It's the same setup, but it's not Nosferatu. It's 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 Mammon, and right. he then explains to you why I'm actually not a vampire, but I am. So, but I know, yeah, <laughs> it, it is a feint, but. It's the same story. Sure. In, in a so, sense. In a sense. Yeah. I guess what I was struggling with is why am I supposed to care that it's not a vampire? Why is it important that it's another one of Satan's children named Mammon? What's the significance of that? I didn't care for any of the characters in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mammon, uh, Jonathan, the sister, even the devil. Like I didn't, there, no one's concerns seemed to resonate with me. Like Mammon wants to piss off daddy and there's a war and uh, Mm -hmm. that's that's great. You know, to me, this is an object of art. The book I, I think works as an art object and not so much as a, I mean, I, yes, it is a story, but that's not what was preeminent to me. The yeah, so we're not, dis- we're not disagreeing. No, the, sto- the story was, yeah. it was, it, it was okay, uh, borderline, um, I mean, th- it, it did pull at the, the strings of stuff with which we're familiar, and you're right about that, but for the, the, the enjoyment I got out of the book, and that's why it really sent me into a frenzy, was I think the art is phenomenal. Well, a lot of the pages individually look like they could be in a museum wall. Sure. They're, For sure. They, they seem to have one foot in a bygone era and another in, in contemporary art, where it, it looks archaic, some stuff, and self-taught and outsider. And, but you can tell that they're, the, the, it seems, to my eye anyway, that the, the, the artist has been trained to some degree. They've already picked it up mm-hmm. along the way. But it does have a very outsider art vibe to it, and that, to me, that gets my attention because I, I yeah. shoe rules of all kinds. I know. Yeah. I would. I would rather have seen Haig give me a version of this without words. Exactly. Right. Pantomime would have been cool. I uh, think the, that would have been more powerful. Yeah, the finer points of it. Um, would have been lost, but the finer points are few. Mm-hmm. And um, but ultimately, I come away from a book like this with a lot of respect for Mike Richardson at Dark Horse mm-hmm. be- because this is not something that Image would have published. I don't even think it's it's something that would have found a home at Boom or or certainly not DC or Marvel, right? So Richardson he he champions these books that seemingly either no one else wants or yeah. or he manages to find this this art style with a vitality that you don't get at the other companies and and he's been doing it for what's dark horse 30 years 35 years yeah mm-hmm. you know so i we don't we don't toot the michael richardson horn enough but i mean much respect to him for at least publishing this because you know he either had to lose money on this or he broke even. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. This is not a book that's going to be a, a hit with sure. with a whole bunch of people. But kudos to him for for taking the risk. Mm-hmm. It can't be cheap to publish a hardcover of this size. No, I agree. Whether, whether it was funded by co-funded by someone else we're not aware of, or Richardson is just dripping with money, I don't know. But it's neat, and that it's. I'm I'm very thankful that I do have this on my bookshelf because the art, which is the top tier for me, I just thought it was wonderful. But the story is is good, it's competent, but yeah, it's it's not it's nothing revolutionary. It, 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 there, again, there's a Lovecraftian vibe where you have this eternal evil that just seems to be unyielding. It just keeps going and going and going and going. And that that's enough for me. Maybe I'm just easy. Like no, this book. This book was. I mean, this is squarely in your yes in the in the dead spot of center of your circle. If, if Mammon's dick was hanging out, I would have. This would have won my best book for the Lemon Claskers. 
because then, <laughs> then it would have been foul and profane as well. I mean, there's enough of that in it too. But I, I yeah, think, we see Satan's dangling. Yeah, I think the takeaway for me was this evil spawn of the devil embraced Christianity in order to get one up on Daddy, and that's that concept is more than enough to, along with the beautiful art, more than enough to make me champion this book. Yeah, I would have, I would have liked to see a little more depravity in that. Like, I would have liked to for him to have taken credit for the depravity of the Christian church and the crusades yes. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. That would have been cool. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway, I, such as, but such as mean, it is, but it's okay that you hated it. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Tables are turned. Now maybe uh, you should read it. Talk about it. <laughs> I'll read ghost Rider first. <laughs> oh, snap. Deep cut. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, what have you been? Uh... Have you ever read Gantzman's? Oh no, I heard it's good though. <laughs> Shit. Is that on TV? It, I think so. It's on that that voodoo thing. Voodoo, you do rap. Dap, what do you what have you uh, been enjoying? I actually enjoyed something that I don't think uh, I'd be very it happily, but I'd be very surprised if either of you were to try this or enjoy it if you did uh it's an image book it is Ow. written jesus do you mind crazy it is written by chelsea kane pencils oh, and inks yeah you're out <laughs> uh pencils and inks by kate I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Niemzik, uh, N-I-E-M-C-Z-Y-K. Colorist, um, Michelle Rosenberg. It is called Maneaters. And I decided to give it a shot because I flipped through some preview pages and I enjoyed uh, Kate's art. No idea what the story was going to be about. I, I never read uh, Kane's Hawkeye. I'm um, oh, sorry, Mockingbird. I, I haven't read much of um, of anything she did. This is this is. I it's I'm, I, I'm talking about it because I did enjoy it, but it, it the premise is is kind of weird it's not exactly a hook that that very many people are going to be into um the story is told from the perspective of a um of a young girl uh, her name is maud she lives with her father who um is divorced he works uh he's basically he, he's he's a um he's a cop um and they live in Portland. Um, but what attracted me, what, what, what kept me turning the page was the way, was, was the way Chelsea and, and, and Kate told this story with, um, pie charts and, uh, because we really had to get to know Maud's relationship with her father. Um, and the writing is 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 witty in parts. The the, the characters in the book are um, 
they're entertaining. They're, 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 they remind me of people that, um, you know, you, you know in real life and, and are either going to be really annoying, the, the kind of person you avoid, or uh, somebody you wouldn't mind hanging out with. There's one page, though, where it's kind of weird. Um, Maud's dad asks his, uh, his partner if um, – He's got coffees in his hands, and, and he asks, you know, do you want the taller or the venti? And she says, whichever one is bigger. But Kate drew the cups the exact same size. But aside from that, uh, I I dug the the setup, which there's a um, there's something called the uh, strategic cat apprehension team, obviously scat for short. Um, and when the, the the scat is called, when a person is mauled by a large cat, and something happened in this world where girls, the Time Magazine had an article where our girls turning into killer cats. So, um, the part where it gets a little weird is that as soon as you, as soon as a girl starts to menstruate, then there's a possibility that she will turn into a feline creature. And, um, you know, there are, um, there's, there's been regulations put in place by the government to prevent girls from menstruating. And um, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes one of them slips through and we find out that uh, right now, the one that's about the one that has slipped through is Maud. And that's where um, we end this first issue. But the little, the little Easter eggs, um, I don't, I, I think it's quite apparent where and this was another thing that 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 kept me interested is that um when you kind of want to escape from the nonsense of the real world and and uh kind of surround yourself with like-minded people i i think it's fairly easy to see what side politically kane leans uh maud is wearing the 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 big pussycat nip hat um there are sci-fi and and other easter eggs throughout the um throughout the issue it was it there are there's a questionnaire at the end pay uh, supplement paid for by men and boys are men being targeted by cats um what to do if uh, there's there's a um there's a questionnaire at the end um you know which of the following list of words best describes your cat or girlfriend uh does your cat or girlfriend suffer from mood swings and and there are just um there's i don't i'm it was it was a neat enough first issue i'm i'm glad i've read it i don't this isn't this isn't necessarily going to be a a a top of the stack book i don't know if if i'll it's not something i'm going to stay current on probably i'll 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 read it from time to time but i thought the um the introduction of the characters was pretty cool. I think the it's weird. I don't know if I want to say that the idea, the concept is 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 what hooked me. I um, I've never raised a daughter, so I don't kind of I, I wouldn't know what to expect with some of the things that are um, 
referenced in this issue, but I think for me, at least the art was the, uh, was a selling factor. I don't know if, if Rucka or for anybody else wrote this, um, if I would feel the same way, I just, I really just decided to, I, I was done reading a bunch of other things and, and wanted to try. I just pulled something off that I didn't, um, know what to expect from and it was just it was weird I, it, this might be the only time man eaters is ever mentioned on the show but i think it um I, I thought it was a an interesting first issue so i don't i don't know how many of our um of our listeners is is uh is going to read it or has read it but uh the elevator pitch probably wouldn't be something a lot of our male readers would really be into whether they're fans of Chelsea Kane or not I um it's 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 kind of a difficult issue for me to kind of tell somebody that, that that they should maybe try but mm. kudos to image for for publishing it it was yeah. I I think I think it looks neat I just I it's it's kind it it it's really just hard for me to kind of put it in a neat enough box where I can kind of explain what, what happened. But if, if, if I want to keep us upbeat on things that were, you know, we, uh, after Vince's downer of an intro, if, if we want to talk about things that we enjoyed, then sure. I, I would, I would say this. A couple things. Um, yes. I, I think Kate, um, I'm going to say Nemich. Could it be Nemich? Okay. Nemich? We'll go with that. I think it's, sure. I think it's Nemchik. Nemchik. Okay. Nemchik. I like it. Okay. Perfect. I think uh, Kate's art, looks reminiscent of philip bond bond maybe some joel jones uh without as as much um squiggly extra line work um i like i yeah i like the bond reference i I like that a lot i thought the visuals were were really nice yes um i like the the mix of the uh the bar charts and the the magazine covers and and stuff i think the art worked really well um i don't know whether they intended this or not but if you look at the spot on her underwear yes and the second last page it looks it's it's almost the same shape as the pad on the cat's paw on the front cover uh oh yeah so that's kind of neat yeah yeah that is neat it's designy it's graphic it's uh, the drawing is spectacular i i i thought the narrative was a little slanted but it should be right well yeah I mean, she's 13 years old she's telling it from her perspective right and but it's written by a woman and it's yes it's it's, it's a thinly veiled like george romero's dawn of the dead it's it's about zombies sure but it's also about rampant consumerism and how we just keep buying and even after these characters are dead they go to the mall because that's what they know they consume and 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 buy and spend and so it works as horror but it also works as social commentary and i think that's what this has yes oh absolutely yeah it works as um a horror story where and there's some horrific shit in this issue like with the little girl like that is that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, luckily it, was, it happens off panel, but still, yeah, right, she's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's her sister or whatever. But yeah, it, the I fact that it, I thought it was good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I'm glad. 
I mean, there's obviously something with with the with the typesetting or the uh, or the posters. I mean, some things are a little flat depending on you know the angle of the room. But I mean, they're, they're just but they're also references. Like she's got a bitch planet poster. Um, oh yeah. There's uh, you know. there's you know so I mean yeah I mean there's certain things where it's just they're 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 just graphically they're 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 like like maps or photos on the wall. But as far as the drawings themselves, I mean, even when we get introduced to the um, to the specialist and you have, you know, the caseworker, you have the tracker who's basically just dressed like a, like a big ass cub scout. Um, the, uh, the hunter when her in her pink camo, um, and, and the double page spread where we kind of, um, see the, the pencil shop and the mustache join and, and the pizzeria and you have people, um, talking about, uh, the people in the apartment complex over, the shops they're all having their different conversations and um you have the uh the one officer on the roof because i think i found something and then throughout the double page spread you hear over everybody else's two-way him saying i think i found something so but everybody's having different conversations and and i think that the um the the pacing of that was was pretty neat as well i i think there were some things that were pretty clever um i think the uh no i know i just think that the 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 anger, I don't want to say anger, the frustrations experienced by the creative team as women in a um, male-dominated society are apparent. In this oh, yeah, it's not, there's nothing it, subtle at all. But it, 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 it's not, I mean, and it's, but it's justified, right? And it's, like, not, it's not insulting. It's not putting anybody down. It's just like this is how... Whether you want to say this is how they they see themselves or they see society or this is you know this is the way it is this is this is our book and and this is you know so this is element, how we view things yeah there's an element of the fantastic in this first issue um, and it's in the form of girls that turn into cat creatures okay but the scene where they have all the girls lined up because they're menstru- menstruating and they have the, the their hands bound. And the one yep. girl has a shirt that says girls can do anything. And they're, these, these girls are, they're confined and they're restricted and they're, they're uh, subjugated. That's, that's a component of male dominated society. It exists, right? Yes. So if you've got to work it out in, in creative ways like this, then do it. And this is, I think something like this will find an audience like Bitch Planet that's beyond the norm of the... Of the There's another book that uh, doesn't come out ever. Right. It's, it's yeah. true. But what, what, I, I guess, what I'm saying is that if you can attract a female readership to a title, then by all means do it. And if, <laughs> if, oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Right. That's not that we ever talk about the stupidity of this diversity in comics bullshit, but you know there there should and could there there's what five hundred new comics put out every month. There should be comics that, by definition, don't appeal to you or I or sure, David, right? Exactly, oh, and they appeal to other people. Like there should be a ton of them. I would hope. Uh, oh, there right. are. I mean, no, yeah, that's what I mean. But like, that's a good thing. Like, I don't understand why yes, it makes that a problem. Right? No, it shouldn't be. It just just because it's not for you doesn't. Yeah. You don't have to read it then. But don't 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 say it shouldn't exist. It, it, it offends your sensibility, so it's, therefore, it should, no, that's yeah. It's like picking up a Harlequin romance book 
and saying that book sucked. There was no yeah. guns, no murder, no freaking right. war. Like because that's yeah. not you're not the target, my son. Right. Yeah. Oh sure. These people are at the center of their universes, and that's a very, very bad outlook to have. Oh, it's Yeah. Are we ever going to talk about Dick Tracy Dead or Alive number one? Or is it, yeah, let's do that. Cool. Okay. Jason read it. So like, we started off with with Vince hating something, and now we'll end with Jason hating something. Sure. Well, that's how it works. Right. And I love everybody. So, Dick Tracy Dead or Alive, written by Lee and Michael Allred. Pencils by Rich Tommaso, inks by Michael Allred, colors by Laura Allred, letters by Sean Lee. This is published by IDW. And I love the cover credits because it says Allred Cubed and then Tommaso's name. Yep. I dig that. Totes adorbs. I thought the. I. My father used to buy the Daily News. I'd read Dick Tracy every day and. You know, whether it was um, Terry Beatty or Joe Staten or even back in the old days when Chester Gould was done with it. I I like that this book didn't try to look like the comic strip. Right. Exactly. And that Tommaso and Allred just did their own thing. And this is not – this isn't the Dick Tracy from the strips I read growing up. This isn't the Warren Beatty, Dick Tracy. Um, which is what were better, you looking forward to? Which is a better movie than people give it credit for being. But anyway. I agree. I, as, as I've gotten older, I'll definitely agree with you. But what, what were you expecting with this? And did you get it? I sure did. Awesome. Uh, but um, knowing that Rich Tommaso was, associated, was attached to this product, I expected it to look exactly the way it looks. Which is, okay, it's being facetious, but Allred was, was only involved in the covers, so I didn't expect Red Rocket 7 or um, Silver Surfer. Like any, it, I, I didn't expect it to look like Allred, so I wasn't disappointed when it, it, it didn't. Um, it's, it's cartoony as hell because it's Tommaso, which is awesome. Um, I thought it was great, and it was it was great on the one hand because it was not in the mold of every Dick Tracy that has come before. They they took chances. It's it still has the. It still smells like Dick Tracy, without the physical qualities of looking like Dick Tracy, in in, sure. in the mold of the Chester Gould and the the Cal. Well, I don't want to say Cal Baker. Um, the stuff that's come before it's it's a nice old timey take on Dick Tracy. There's there's a vintage quality to Tommaso's art. It was in and we saw it in Spy Seal, which that doesn't look like this, but the approach is still the same, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I, I just thought it was wonderful. But you're talking to a, a person that loves Dick Tracy. And that the the, right. the the pulpy comic strippy characters. So this is a no brainer for me. I'm not the one that needed to be convinced on this. Jason is the one. Oh, well, that, that was a great segue. Yeah, uh, not for me. <laughs> um, Are you a Tracy fan? Not in any particular way. I, I I remember the movie was a big deal. I don't remember particularly liking or disliking the movie. I don't didn't read the strip very often. Um, when I did, I thought it was 
not just not my thing. Um, for me, I got no problem with Tommaso. I think he's a very talented cartoonist, but you're going to give me an all red book. It's got to look like all red. I don't understand what all red did in this book. He traced over Tommaso. It looks just like Tommaso. So why was why was why why did why did the why did someone with all reds chops get involved artistically in the book if I can't see a hint of him? Well, he did write it, but I, I understand what you're saying. But maybe he wanted to do justice to Tommaso's voice. Michael Allred on the page has a commanding presence. He, yeah. He's kind of like, um, uh, well, he, he's, he's a very idiosyncratic approach to his art. You know a Michael Allred image when you see it. So maybe he just said, well, I'll do justice to, to Tommaso's lines and I'll take a back seat to what he's, I don't want to interrupt him as he's speaking. So I will just turn up the volume a little bit on his words and, and just wait it. I know my place in this book. I don't know why Alred isn't um, a commanding presence visually. I could guess mm. for those reasons because he's overpowering. Yeah, no, totally. And, and I'm, I'm not going to bes- besmirch the book. It just, I suspected it wasn't going to be for me when it was solicited. And I knew you both were going to read it and probably love it. So I figured, all right, I'll give it a read and see what the deal is. Just, it was, I, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I, I, it just doesn't grab me for some reason. Those types of stories, those characters just don't, don't float my boat. It's like old black and white movies. They just don't do it for me or biographies. I just don't, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not saying Bonus there's no such thing. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'm, I'm not saying those things aren't wildly entertaining to a lot of you. And if they are awesome, I just, uh, just does nothing for me. And it, it, if you look in the back of the book, there's a, a comparison there's a page of Tommaso's pencils and then there's a page uh post Allred inks and Michael's being extremely faithful to Tommaso's pencils like in uh, he's almost tracing yeah the only time Allred kind of really um eases up is uh you see um Tracy's profile in the bottom panel at the uh in the middle of the the, the bottom row of panels he he um he kind of smooths out uh yeah the Tracy's jawbone a right, bit right but a um and he fixed that but yeah i mean everything else was yeah so it's there, there are but yeah for the most part the bones are still still intact there isn't uh it's it is it it reminds me of of spy spiel spy seal um in a lot of ways, but it's, um, it definitely looks different enough. I, um, I'm, I'm glad, but and the line in spy seal, I think is a cleaner line, but I agree. Yeah. I'm glad we weren't hit over the head right off the bat with, with Tracy's rogues. Um, I like how we've kind of given Tracy a little bit of a backstory as far as, uh, he's, he's kind of a, of a nomad, detective being you know going through cities like you know cops through donuts it's just it's he's he's he goes wherever he's needed um and we uh i was not 
expecting the somewhat supernatural bend at the end of it. I, I didn't, I didn't know what we were kind of getting and, and I thought it was a neat enough twist where it's like, it's, it's really not something I expected or, or would expect to see in Dick Tracy. But, uh, yeah, I, I have no problem with it. It's, it's, it's a bit, well, it's a lot more violent than I would have been. It's, it's almost like the Tracy meets the untouchables. It, it's just, there's some things going on in here where, uh, I would have, you wouldn't see, in the daily strips, but I wouldn't have expected to see here. Um, and, and I liked, uh, you know, out of everybody that, uh, that, that Tracy knows Snuffy Smith is, is kind of the, the constant here. And, and that was, um, Good old that stuff. was a nice, right. You know, <laughs> it, it, that, that, that got the press always with you, but yeah, no, I, um, I was, I was pleasantly, um, I don't want to say surprise because I figured with with the with the creators involved that it would definitely be entertaining. Um, but I'm 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 happy to say that I will definitely be sticking with it. Yeah, well, it's only it's a miniseries, so it's only like yes, what, right, four, five, four, issues? I think. Yeah, I think four. But to address the like the paranormal aspect, Chester Gould introduced an alien into Dick Tracy. I mean, the Moon Maid. So. I, uh, it didn't strike me as being yeah. There isn't anything off limits, I guess. Right, right. Unfamiliar territory because I mean, if you got an alien, paranormal's okay too, I guess. You know, supernatural. Sorry. I think that you know he's all red, drew. You know, flat top, and and hey, we've got all the rogues all around, and, and even the two way <laughs> wrist radio, but none of that is present inside the issue. So. um yeah, I'm I'm glad they decided to just go in a um and for anybody who really, really wanted all red, you got the uh the Rocketeer Adventures um teaser. But yeah, no, I um I yeah, like I said, I, I liked it a lot. Yep. Sweet stuff. You're wrong, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't doubt it. I got caught up on some stuff. As did I. Have you both read the entirety of uh, Xerxes? No, I haven't finished it yet. <laughs> no, me neither. What? It came out on I time. I plan to. The just... thing came out on time. It's Frank Miller well, not finishing well, it. Yeah, I mean, it, with those scribbles, I would. Yeah, I mean, but, Frank Miller's oh such a, a must read at this point. <laughs> well, that's where you're both wrong. I, I mean, I, I won't go into anything. Other... You can spoil away, my friend. No, no, no. no. I, I, I... It's, there's nothing well, really. History is any indication. Right. There's no... Well, it does deviate from history a little bit. But the hell you say. I just want to say that issue three is a hands down masterpiece. It's probably among the best of Frank Miller's contemporary work. It is a. It's a. Ama- issue three is amazing. It's just Xerxes. Crazy mad Xerxes wandering the desert thinking that he's the god king and he's untouchable. And there are questions of concerning his demise. Was he murdered? Was he killed in battle? Was he poisoned? Did he go nuts? And then the second half of the issue is Xerxes, um, prior to the events in the desert, uh, seeking a wife. And he finds a wife in Esther. And most of the issue is done in double-page spreads, and it is magnificent. It is ungodly. This is why Frank Miller is a legend. 
seriously, go back and read Xerxes or get caught up in Xerxes and just get through issue three and look at this art and you cannot come away from this thing not thinking that Frank Miller is a god beast. A god beast. That's all I'm going to say. Issue three is a masterpiece. Okay. So read it. And then you'll be able to say, hell no, or hell yes, but just read it. it son. It's, it's, son, it's phenomenal. Frank has still got it. He's got it in spades, man. He and does. There's, a, there's a, I mean, the tradition in, in Xerxes was to have an artist do a pinup in the back of the issue. Walt Simonson did one, blah, blah, blah. There's a double page Frank Miller pinup in the back where mm -hmm. it, it just says illustration by Frank Miller with colors by Alex Sinclair. And he, he, he pulls that hyper detailed Miller that we're used to in Sin City with the blacks and the, the shadows. It is a great drawing and it, it, and Jason's going to jump all over this. But it's, it's in a style that's not present in the front part of the book. It's a more linear, more illustrative style. It is a great drawing. Just, it's a super drawing. But he still, Frank still has that old school Frank style. He just doesn't pull it out every now, you know, every day. And he's still got it. So the, the naysayers that say Miller's way past his prime can go suck an egg because the evidence, I like it. The evidence is. See, I, I think that that's more infuriating. If he's still capable of drawing in the way that made us all view him as a legend, then that's even more frustrating to me. But this is the the front part of the book is the way he chooses to draw now. Right. I'm saying I, w I would I would rather it not be a choice. I would rather this just be the way that he can convey his artistry and his vision at this point in his life, and you can either take it or leave it. The idea that he's just doing it because it's a shortcut or easier. Uh, that that is hella maddening. Or me. it's it's in a voice he wishes to speak now and not speak the way he used to. Mm. I don't I don't know I don't know. But uh, either way, I'm 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 very receptive to anything this man does. He could do. Well, clearly, I mean, yeah, he when, could we, do when a, we discussed Dark Knight Three, you, you know, we, we all knew where we all were well, collectively that's, stood. That's Kubert. So, the, you know, I, I no, but we talked about Frank's contributions to the book shall yeah, we which say were, which were awesome yep mm -hmm. cool you cool me. so yes get, get caught up on Xerxes but I, I also got caught <laughs> up on another book do tell well when you both were reading Jimmy's Bastards in single issues I read the first one and I enjoyed it and I said I'm backing off waiting for the trade and I got it and I read it and Wow. Again, um, yes, it is a James Bond pastiche, but the concept is cool. We've talked about it here. Yeah, it's so naughty and it's so much fun. It's ridiculous, yeah. but it's yeah. so damn good. And the the secret weapon, yes, Garth Ennis is capable of, of the, the, the crime and the debauchery and the gunplay, and he's great at it. The secret mm -hmm. weapon of Jimmy's Bastards is Russ Braun. You know it, oh, and yeah. we will see him at New York Comic Con as yeah. always. Um, 
I don't. Uh, aside from Derek Robinson, you, know, I, I re- you may re- remember I own the page of uh, the, the BJ. Yes, and it's a great. Yes. It's it's a little dark in the trade. I'm glad I got to see it in your portfolio. Ah, yes. It doesn't do uh, justice to Russ's beautiful line work, but mm-hmm. it, I mean, it, it's it is what it is. It, 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 this is a color medium. It do what it do. Holy crap! Is Braun good? He is so damn good. So good. Uh, again, his his sequentials are impeccable. Mm-hmm. That's the the, the 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 highest compliment. I, he keeps me turning pages. I want to see more of this world. His characters are handsome and gorgeous. Um, and there's Idi Amin, which is neither. But um, I I just the the only thing that I could say that was not an enjoyable experience was that they leave this trade off. The last page ends in a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's true. And that's okay because Ennis, we know Ennis, we've read a ton of Ennis. Ennis works best long form. So I should have expected it. I should have expected there wouldn't be a resolution at the end of this trade. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's just on me, but I want it more. I wanted this, this, this team is so crack, so damn good. That I just I wanted this to be double the size and give me everything right now, damn it! But mm-hmm. again, that's just because they're so freaking good. Word up! Yeah, this is a phenomenal, monumental, great book. And if you're not reading Jimmy's Bastards, you really should. Even if you're not a fan of That'd the espionage, cool. espionage stuff, there's rampant sex and gunplay and mm-hmm. dirtiness and tongue in cheek. Uh, and there's the, the 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 monkey. What's the monkey's name? Um, that rips faces off the brain. Uh, ba- Ro- Bobo the bastard, the chimp clown. The, if we could have, if I could have bought that double page spread, I think it was sold when we when we got there. Mm-hmm. Right? I, mm-hmm. I would I would have. Oh yeah. Braun is worth investing in. Well, so is Braun. Braun has got strength, but I'm pumped. Too much strength. Yeah. All right, so I'm done with the ketchup. Nice. Bring on the mustard. Hey. Hey. Do you want to do you want to make this a short and sweet one because we're all going? I wouldn't mind it. Okay. All right. New York City, here we come. As usual. Yeah, boy. This episode of Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by the hot damn best comic book distrib. No, not distributor. Retailer on the freaking mm-hmm. planet. Discount. Fort Wayne, Indiana based. You know it. Yes. Discount comic book service. DCBService.com can get you the books you want at the money you want to pay. You can't All say day. that about everybody out there. DCBService.com. In your travels. Well, I kind of shot my wad. I don't have. Oh, um, I'm going back and reading all of the Casanova that I let stack up. Oh, nice. And I'm currently on Gulag. Oh. Holy shit. Why did I not read these as they were coming out? Amazeballs, yeah. right? Yeah. Where? When is Casanova Quinn? He's displaced. He's missing in time. And it's up to some people to find him. There are a bunch of people looking for him. Um, the art is just the driving force of this book. Yeah, the concept. Oh, hell, yes. Concept is great. Mm-hmm. Um, fractions, 
this seems to be his fresh. best work. Exactly. Yeah, this is his signature character. For sure. But again, everything I said about Jimmy's Bastards applies to Casanova. It's dirty. It's sexy. It's high concept. The art is virtuoso yeah. uh, performance. I think it's a much higher concept in that it's, it's, you know, Jimmy's Bastards is on the nose. What you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. And what you get is awesome, but 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 uh, Casanova's plays with some pretty deep ideas and yeah, if he's mind bending. If Philip K. Dick wrote for the common man about sex and violence, that's kind of what you're getting with with um, Casanova. It's, mm-hmm. it's very high concept. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go back and read Casanova, like me. And if you didn't read it as it was co- or buy it as it was coming out, scoop it up. In collected editions, or mm-hmm. scour the the the. You know that's things. a book you just don't see the single issues ever, uh, right? Because it jumped publishers a couple times. Yeah. Well, it went from from Image to Icon. To did it go back to Image? Because uh, it was an Image dollar book. Yeah, I don't have with Fell. Well, I think yeah, I think the last tar- they put out a hardcover Luxuria through Image, so yeah, must have I guess gone back to Image. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, I have them all. It's just that for whatever reason. I have most of the singles. I might be missing a couple. I have to check th- the app. Yeah. Check the app. So that's that's my, in your travels. Casanova. Nice. Uh, speaking of image and people who will be at New York Comic Con, uh, written by Jody LaHoop. This is art. This book is drawn by Nathan Fox. Colors by Dave Stewart. Weatherman number four. Um Short and sweet. I'm still loving it. This issue uh, introduced another character um, by the name of Garen, who is um, involved, we'll say, has a past with um, with the, uh, the 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 cop who was after um, Mr. Nathan Bright. And the um, the basically um, there's just there are stories. That not everybody is is uh, what or who they appear to be, and and everybody everybody has their motives and their reasons. Um, get a little bit more information on a um on a couple of characters but we end this issue um with a hell of a cliffhanger and a um as a bidding war is about to start so things do not look good for our um titular hero but um if you want to call him that but yeah i am i this is one of those books where I, I am just I devour it and and I I love it. I, I just I hug it so hard when a new issue comes out. It's just it is it is an absolute blast and uh I I know the uh the first arc ends with the sixth issue, so I still have two issues to go. Um 
And yeah, I have no idea. And every time, you know, I, I think I know maybe where a character is going or, or, or what someone has planned or how someone's going to get out of something. But uh, you you truly have no idea, no concept of what kind of world this is and, and whatever Jody wants to have these characters do, they can do. And, and Nathan is so adept at, at bringing that to life. It's just it's it. You know, I read it digitally, but I, I think it's a feast for all five senses. So there you go. There you go. Uh, in your travels, uh, catch up if you haven't on all things Justice League. I this week read Justice League's four through eight, Justice League's Dark one through three, Justice League Odyssey one. And in all three series, they referenced stuff that happened in Justice League No Justice. So I went back and read that, which is Justice League No Justice Mm -hmm. 1 through 4. And I did not go back and finish Metal, although I probably would have been well served to do that. But uh, Isn't No Justice what what Vince and I – isn't that the the kind of crossover that that kicked off this new – Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I didn't read it because I, I remember one of us kind of poo-pooing that. Yeah, I didn't read it. That's, that's okay. You guys didn't seem that hot on it, and but but it became apparent in in the three current Justice League books that that uh, it they all they all are launched from what happened in No Justice. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and I don't I I think going back and reading No Justice, I don't know that I was well served to do that just because in essence the footnotes take care of themselves. Um, but I just wanted to make sure, but in, uh, yeah, in, in each case, uh, I'm enjoying it. I think of the three, the class is definitely the main book. Um, I will say that the first time I read justice leagues one through three, I liked it, but I was, uh, not fully engaged, but going back and rereading those and then catching up, I have to say, I think Schneider is, uh, along with his, artistic partners Jorge Jimenez and Mikhail Janine is doing something really special here. It's a very complex and delicate story. There's a lot going on and much in the way when Morrison was at his best doing superhero books, there's he's suffering no fools. I, th- I think you have to work at it. I think there is a lot of things being balanced uh, against each other and he doesn't, this is anti Claremont. He's not going to give you a bunch of, existential dialogue to uh, to to catch you up or to close the gaps you have to piece things together but having it, sometimes it's just about being in the right mood and if you're in the mood to just read some quick comics and be entertained this is probably not hitting you but if you're in the mood to sit down and really dive into something which I was this week I think it paid off in spades I think the art was great uh, I think the way that he is balancing the tropes of the of the Legion of Doom and the Justice League and what makes them tick against the relatively conceptual uh, ideas that were first introduced in metal but are being played out here are all uh, working for me they're they're I'm, I'm definitely intrigued at this journey um, and I think he's handled it well I think even little things like how we go from Lex being a hero, a few months ago to, to being the centerpiece villain. I think he handles that masterfully and his explanation for why it's happening makes perfect sense. And I think that, uh, um, 
I love the idea of the Legion of Doom being carefully curated by Lex uh, because they each serve a purpose, which is to uh, get one of these seven uh, powers that are central to the universe. And I really love the idea of playing with something like the Source Wall, which has been around for a long time, in a new way um, without in, without insulting what the Source Wall has always been um, under Kirby's watch. So, yeah, I'm fully on board with it. I think it's been great. It's uh, it it. It's definitely a book where the first impression was not the one that I'm left with now. I, I, um, I remember reading the first few issues and thinking, oh, I don't know if this is for me, but, but uh, now I'm I'm 100 on board with it. And uh, the other two books, um, Odyssey, uh, we've only had one issue. That's a little quirky. Um, not sure how I feel about Teenage Dark Side. Uh, gotta see about that. Not sure how I feel about Azrael being in space. Not sure I get that either, but uh, but Stepan Sage on art can make up for a lot of sins story wise. So I'll definitely keep reading this while Stepan is on it. Um, and then Dark is what you'd expect of a, of a book like that. It's it's the basically Justice League magic, and all the usual suspects are involved, and uh, with Wonder Woman at the helm. And so far, so good. I you know you got Swampy, you got Zatanna. You got Man Bat. You got Detective Chimp. It's uh, yeah. It's it's been it's it's been fun so far, and the art is good. It's not great. It's not great art. It's good art, which is okay because a lot of super so a lot of superhero books are good art, just as long as it's not bad art. So I give all of them a thumbs up, but I really think Justice League itself is something special to brew in there. Nice. nice. I, I see on my notes here, Dap. The last you you the last time you you denoted Justice League in Slack was through issue four. Is that where you're at? Yes. Okay. Very well. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's four. Okay. I'm not reading Odyssey, and I don't plan on it. But the the young dark side thing to me just smacks of. Uh, the Kang thing they did with oh um, with Young Avengers yeah with Young Avengers it's like get him before he's really despicable and maybe he yep. can be you know what I mean it's just mm-hmm. okay we've been there yeah it's not the yeah that would make me read that book right it as I said this is a, this this one we're only one issue in so I can't the art's awesome um, but uh, yeah I'm not quite sure what's going on with that one yeah but yeah. I love Dark though. See, I, you you probably see it as like a, oh man, it's okay. But I think Dark is great. I just said I really liked it. I just I don't think the art is great. I think it's good. It's just pretty standard superhero art. But yeah, but it's Swamp Thing. It is. It's Swamp Thing. Which reminds me, I have to find that Walmart Swamp Thing thing book. Uh huh. Because there's so oh, yeah. and, and to your well, point, that comes I mean, out I think Sunday. There's a Capullo Swamp Thing story. Yeah. Yeah. Clarion's in it and John Constantine's in it. And yeah. Detective Chimp. And it still band. feels weird to see John Constantine just be a regular old character. It is, it is kind of weird, but I, I've, I've accepted it now. Mm-hmm. The movie killed it. The movie killed it? The movie killed it, yeah. Okay. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you so much for being here with us one more time. Big shout out to our patron supporters. 
They make all of this uh, in part happen. So if you want to get in on that, go to 11 o'clock. No, go to patreon.com forward slash 110 C O M I C O S and there's tons of fun and we hope you join us uh we're on the twitter and the slack you should not the slack the uh, facebook you should pay attention to the facebook group because it's going to be popping this weekend on and popping yep and if you're a patron you can you know you're going to get tons and tons of extra content this weekend Vince is laying down the gauntlet. Although that all is contingent on Vince getting his phone tomorrow. If he doesn't get his phone, no content. Because Jason and David don't. That's true. Yeah. But whatever. We'll give you content by hook or by crook. I'll I'll figure out a way. And uh, join us. If you're going to be in NYCC, come see us. We'll see you. In the meantime, say goodnight. That was thunder. David. Night. I say nothing about thunder, David. There you go, uh, Mark. As usual. Say good night, boys. Good night, See boys. you tomorrow. 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 Fair point.